together, you, Derek Johnson, me, Richie Boswell back in the studio, we say F the man and we do the show the way it deserves to be done. One last time. With me in the captain's seat, you riding co-pilot, and Richie manning the ship. What do you guys say? All right? All in favor say aye of just doing what we want and not paying attention to what the bosses tell us to do. On the count of three, if you're with me, say aye. Richie, have your mic on and ready. One, two, three. Aye. Whoa! Whoa! Oh, I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting anybody to come along with me. This is like that scene in in Jerry Maguire with <laughs> Who's coming with me? And Renee Zellweger grabs her uh, the goldfish and, and leaves. Okay, so that's two to one. Listen. Richie's on my side. I gotta still work here. Okay, what are they gonna do to you? I don't know. You don't okay, come on. I Maybe. haven't taken over the show yet. Yes, you have. They've already they've already given you the job. Have you not been officially given the job? That's what uh what's his name? The coach who was at UCF like McCreary or something, took the Notre Dame job. And they found out he had some false transcripts and boom, he's gone. Yeah, but you, that's not a big enough deal for them <laughs> to take that away from you. They would say, don't do it again, mm -hmm. and you could just blame it on me because it's very obvious I'm the one being the ringleader here. You got Richie back in studio in the same building mm -hmm. right now, just feet away from the people who sign his paychecks, and he still had the courage, yeah. the courage to go on the air and say I. No, I'm a coward. I will uh, I'll sit back here and... I need plausible deniability. You know, I'll, I'll shake my head. I'll give you a wink, maybe, yeah. that we should keep going. But this is, you know, I got to at least say, I got to put on a front that, no, well, we I'm, can't do this. Nick, don't do that. I'm operating under the assumption that we will be live until uh, 6 o'clock. Mm. So well, if, somebody, if, somebody, if somebody's going to rip me off the air or somebody's going to make the executive decision back in the building, there's nothing I can do to stop them. But as far as I'm concerned, this is my time slot. This is the time slot for Rock Chalk Sports Talk. And if the Royals were in first place, it would be a different conversation. Okay? Hey, here's, here's my prediction for how the rest of the game will go. Uh, neither team will score another run. The Reds win 3-2. And the Royals fall to 14 games below 500. <laughs> there you go. So we're supposed to have uh, a lot of guests. I'm not going to get into all of them because there's a lot of guys that are going to be coming at random times now because everything's been sort of thrown out of, the, out of whack by the Royals game. But uh, we are supposed to have, I believe, Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star is going to be our first guest of the day do we have one final kiss mary kill mm. prepared for jesse Newell? i mean we now know that kansas is probably going to be a top three preseason team next year okay we do a preseason one kansas gonzaga and who villanova no, but, see, this is, but you see i i don't want to talk about oh you don't want to sports related. stuff I mean, I did that yesterday, second to last show. You weren't there, by the way, which was really weird. 
the last show I ever did in the studio, <laughs> and you weren't there. Yeah, I'm here now. Yeah, and that's fine. Um, but it's just, it, you know, I figured the last week of shows would be a little bit different. And the idea that I'm my last show is on a Wednesday. So it's like, I'm hosting the show today, and then tomorrow it's all yours. Like, you don't even get yeah. a weekend to yeah. sort of no, not be at a all. buffer between uh, one era to the next. Imagine just... if Andy Reid, like the Chiefs win the divisional playoff game this year, and Andy Reid just goes, ah, I'm done. You guys can handle it from here. That's how I feel. You didn't even give me the courtesy of leaving in October when all the sports no. are going on or during football season at the very least, you know, bare minimum there. Exactly. It's a perfect time for you me to You leave me in July. Right before the All-Star break. I don't even have baseball next week. What I literally left about you at the most boring stretch of, of the offseason. What, like, are, is the show going to sound completely different tomorrow? Um, Give man, a little teaser. I was wondering that. People yeah. want to know what the next era of Rock Shock yeah. Sports Talk is going to be like. Well, I'll say this. I would guarantee the next couple days it's going to sound more like you're just out sick on a vacation and I'm just filling in for you. Um after that, wow! Who, who knows? Who wouldn't be? I know, right? Jump, uh, jumping at the bit to get. Well, we do have uh, Phil Steele coming on tomorrow, so that's exciting. Um, Phil Steele, the guy who pronounced Bryce Tornado and Bryce Torrenden <laughs> as he was telling me how good he was. I go, wait, why am I even talking to you? I'm not kidding. This guy goes around and talks to all these different coaches, but I'm not convinced he actually knows anything about any of these programs. He just like knows what the coaches tell him like oh well we've got a senior at tailback this year but counterpoint would that not be more worthful this year than it would be any other year because we haven't really heard much from lance leipold yeah maybe that's what oh man that's gonna make me so mad we'll get into this later because i'm gonna give a a let's rank stuff of and i think we'll, we'll do it here coming up shortly but i'm gonna do a let's rank stuff of the five things that i'll miss the most and the five things I'll miss the least about my time at Rock Chalk Sports Talk. So there is something related to that that will probably come up uh, during that list. So I don't want to really spoil it all that much now. But, yeah, there is a growing concern inside me that for six years I, I hosted this show. And for another year and a half before that, I did what you've been doing for the past four or five years, which is producing. I've been a part of the show for seven and a half years, and there hasn't been one good stretch of KU football in the bunch. And I'm a little bit concerned now. I'm seeing all these college football writers putting out their uh, college football coach power rankings. I saw one guy had Lance Leipold in the top 20. I saw one today from pro football focus that had him ranked number nine as the ninth best football coach in america which is like the perfect fodder for you all off season (laughs) to talk about whether or not ku just got this massive upgrade overnight and we're going to start because that's my concern is the ku football is going to be good the second i leave Mm -hmm. or start getting good so all i want is Another year of incompetence. Just one more year. You want some sh- Schadenfreude? Yeah, some I just need. I need one more year of 
looking like you don't belong. One more year of fans saying, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm done supporting this program. I'm done buying season tickets. Just one more year. Is that so much to ask? And I think it's actually doable just given the fact that. Is it, though? I yeah. Mean, it's kind because, of in a honeymoon year, right? Yeah, but that's fine. As long as they're just not good this year. Okay. I don't care about probably the long-term happen. aspects of it, but I just like if this is a four or five win team, I'm gonna be so angry <laughs> that I had to deal with all those zero, one, and two win teams, and then you get a four-year team and your four-win team in your first year. That'd be ridiculous. But it, I mean, they hired a competent coach for the first time yeah. in the past decade. So, well, I mean, if it makes you feel better, at least Kansas basketball isn't expected to be very good this year. That's the other thing, man. No, I've seen that a time or two. I'm not worried about that. Um, I mean, let's just start there. Let me get all my KU like season long, long term. But what would you feel worse? What what would you feel worse about? KU football making a bowl game this year, or KU basketball winning a championship this year? Um, I don't know. I know it's not the same, but I've been to a Final Four. Like that's. Just that's pretty special. Like getting to go down to San Antonio and do the show down there for a week, that was pretty cool. Title's another level. Title is another level. Um, but like, I wonder if you could get even odds. Like, what would be more likely? More likely for KU to win a title or for K? I think it, because KU is going to be a top three team in the country. I think it would actually be more likely for them to win the national freaking championship, which is not an easy thing to do. That would be more likely Mm -hmm. than KU football going to a bowl game this year. Like if you could find uh, some sort of payout on a, on a sports book, I think I would probably take the national championship. Mm -hmm. I think I would. I think uh, national championship odds, it's gotta be what around 10 to one, 15 to one. Maybe Jesse knows. I saw somebody yesterday tweeted out that they hit Kansas at 16 to 1. Okay, and odds to make a bowl game have got to be higher than that, right? Uh, God, yes. <laughs> 16 to 1? Can you do bets to make a bowl? I don't no, think so. No, but like if you, you, you know, if, if you took like uh I don't know, the ESPN, like, FPI or something, um, maybe they would have like some percentage of a chance for them to make a bowl game. And then you could probably figure out what the odds would be. Okay, so how many bowl games are there? Uh, last year got knocked down. I don't know, maybe around 40. So 80 teams, 70-some-odd Yeah, but teams. you can't look at it like that. You have to look at it as Kansas would have to finish usually seven teams from the Big 12 make a bowl game, maybe six. Uh-huh. So you got to finish top seven in the Big 12. Dude, 100-to-1. I mean, they're probably like 350 to 1 to win the Big 12. They always are so far behind the rest of the pack. Jesse Newell just sat down with us. Jesse Newell, Kansas City Star, joining us live at 23rd Street Brewery. Do you have the answers to any of these questions that we are throwing out right now? I'm the numbers guy, too, right? I'm yeah, supposed to have so all this kinda, for you. It'd be really um, disappointing if you didn't. I don't think anyone should bet on Kansas making a bowl game. That's that's my take. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, that's a donation to the sports book, whatever it is. And that's not a knock on Lance Leipold, who's 
as you mentioned, Derek, the ninth best coach in the country. I mentioned Pro that. Focus. We'll give him credit for that. Hey, my show that. as of uh, three hours. As of so. tomorrow, <laughs> it's still mine for an, another two hours. Either way, the guy had no spring ball with his guys uh, at Kansas, came in at an awkward time afterwards, has the second toughest schedule in the nation. Um, so you have to get to six wins, usually, unless you're filling the bowls with the five-win teams, even then. Hundreds, hundreds to one, whatever whatever number you want to pick, hundreds. Yeah, so it's more likely for KU to win a title. They're, but winning a title is more significant than going to a bowl game. Okay, winning a title but, and going undefeated. Here's my, here's my reasoning for taking the bowl game. Here's my reasoning for taking the bowl game. Because in this space, in doing content, it's... And people have said this to me all the time, and and I've and I've heard it, and I used to use it, and I would I would implore anybody who thinks this way needs to reassess and put yourself in the position of covering this football team. People always say you either want to be the best or you want to be the worst. Like don't be in the middle of the pack. As somebody who has to cover KU football and has to do a show every Monday for three months out of the year for four, whatever it ends up being. Like, when you get to 0-6, it doesn't matter what you say. There's nothing interesting to talk about. You've already said it the pre- three previous weeks. It's very clear this team is staring down the barrel at 0-12, and all we end up doing is sort of nitpicking coaching decisions, which there have been plenty to nitpick and pick apart. And in the past, like, when you look at the guys, the coaches who have been leading the program, whether it was Les Miles or David Beatty or Charlie Weiss, they were easy targets to sort of dissect and say, look at all the dumb things that they're doing on the sidelines during games. So that part, I guess, did make it a little bit more interesting or gave us something to talk about. But it's just not fun. No matter when you can pick the little morsels of enjoyability out of it, it's it's still, at the end of the day, not fun to cover a a just perennial bottom feeder program. That is why I would be more upset as I stop covering KU full-time to see Kansas football all of a sudden be competent, even if KU went on to win the national title, because I'd say that was to be expected. This part I thought could maybe go on for another decade or so. Here's the difference, Nick. I think over the last Royal stretch where people throw upset, they're saying, you know, you got to do something. Got to fire the pitching coach. You got to fire the hitting coach. They got to demote Hunter Dozier. All that stuff. Well, that's because people care. They watch the games. They're invested in it. Yeah. Like you've said, over the last five, six years, it's gotten so bad with KU football that by week four, week five, the conversation is, when does KU basketball season start? And there is no interest in it. So, I mean, that's that's the sort of thing Lance Leipold has been brought here to try to turn around. Is just the fact that. For so many years, and, and you've covered a long time, I've covered a long time, is that it's really difficult to drum up any interest in week six or seven because then, by then, in essence, the season is over and people have moved on, especially to something that's pretty interesting, which you talked about, is basketball season. So um, that's really the bar for Lance Leipold. I mean, you've got to be competent. You've got to be interesting. You've got to give reason for fans to care in the second half of the season, and, and that's been a, a tough thing for, for in the past in the past few years for, for Kansas football. It's interesting to juxtapose that with the national championship because when the offseason ended, or when the offseason began for KU, I don't think any of us would have thought, like, yeah, if a few things happen this offseason, KU could wind up being the championship contender to start next year. 
I mean, I didn't see it. I didn't see the route to get to that conclusion. Because you knew you weren't going to run everybody back. You, you knew that immediately with Bill Self's post-game comments. And you knew they were going to use the transfer portal, but again, it just seemed far-fetched that you'd be able to all of a sudden turn that team into one of the top teams in the country. And Remy Martin's the big piece that made that happen. I think you could have gotten all the guys you got from the transfer portal, and you could have went out and, and went three for three like you did with Jalen Ochai. Well, I guess and Remy was the third one. But without him, without him being added into the mix, you still would have went into next year not having a real answer as to who's going to be the alpha, who's going to be the guy leading this offense at the point guard spot, which they lacked last year, and it hurt them a lot. And so that is what's so odd to me, is like taking the 30,000-foot view of where Kansas was, where they're at now, and somehow... I don't know if it's going to work because I think there's so many questions about meshing and guys fitting into roles that they haven't been asked to do before. It'll be fascinating to watch it play out. But from that big picture bird's eye view, it's just really fascinating the way that they've retooled this roster to, at least on paper, look as good as anybody's. Well, yeah, you also have to talk about the elephant in the room, too, which is, it would have been tough to bet on them for the national title after the season ended because we all anticipated that the NCAA ruling yeah. would come down as well. And the longer that silence lasts, the more it makes you think that this process is going to play out even longer than a lot of us anticipate. I mean, I know I've been writing for a long time. The guesses were late summer, early fall. I'm pushing that back now. I mean, it sounds like the just investigation. Just because of the, zi- the silence? Well, yeah, and the investigation part of this just seems to have taken a lot longer. And here's the other part of it. I mean, if Who knows about this better than anybody else? It's got to be KU Athletics and Bill Self, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that you don't try in a specific year, but the way he's reshaped this roster, he's going to win a national title. You know what I mean? He's going out to try to win a national title. Um, And, again, those are the people you would think would have the most information. Also, you know, KU has some say in how quickly they respond to things, how quickly this investigation goes when the hearing happens. So, um, if you're Kansas, I, I don't know how much of a say they have to drag their feet and yeah, say. How, how, do you have any idea how it works? Are I they mean, just reaching out and saying, hey, you have 90 days to provide us with this? It's a completely new process, and I think what's dragged it on this far is the fact that if you think about what happened with Kansas and all the allegations that came against them, that came because the NCAA's enforcement staff went through all the documents, the wiretaps, everything, and ca- made up a case against Kansas, Okay. Usually that's the beginning of the end, <clears throat> excuse me, of an NCAA case. Now, with the IARP, that's the beginning of a new investigation. We have, have now, with this process, investigators whose job in life has been to investigate things. I mean, real things out there in the real world. And they're saying, oh, I'm looking at all this information, but I want more information. I want to go get this and this and this and this and look into this. And basically have free reign to look at KU, the NCAA, whatever they want to look at, other programs, uh, other sports. So I think that process is taking a lot longer than anticipated, and that's why from the beginning of this, there was no set timetable to say, hey, this is how long this thing is going to take. So that to me, why, why I said like late summer, early fall, I don't think that's the case anymore. Late fall, winter, maybe 2022 even, uh, I would look at that as a timeline now for, for Kansas and potentially, you know, as they're looking at it, they're probably looking at this and saying, if at all possible, have this punishment come after this particular season ends. Because if you're Ochai, for example, who a lot of people were pretty 50-50 on him returning, or Remy Martin, who 
I mean, if you're going to transfer, you pick your spot. You can go anywhere in the country you want to go. You'd have to think they were asking for some sort of assurances. Like, if I'm Ochai and saying, I could, you know, I may not get drafted, but I'm okay doing the two-way deal thing. I'll go play in the G League. If he's going to come back to Kansas, you know there was a conversation where he said, so are we even going to be eligible for the tournament? And based off the fact that he got those guys, I'd imagine he said something to soothe whatever nerves they may have had about that. Again, most of this was reading tea leaves, but that's kind of what you look at here and say, Bill Self has built himself a Final Four type roster. I mean, do you go to all that trouble if you figure the hammer is coming in mid-October, early November? I mean, do you do that? No. I, I, so, again, it's mostly just kind of reading clues around it, but um, if possible, obviously Kansas would prefer to have whatever is going to come out come out after this basketball season when they can make another run at a national title. I think so as well. And I don't know what he can know for a level of certainty, but like you said, I think he can probably know – how they're going to play it. He doesn't know what, what the NCAA is going to come back at him with, but he knows we are just going to make this as painful and slow of a process as we can possibly do. The guy has a lifetime contract, too, so um, he, <laughs> might, he might have a say in those decisions as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he might. Yeah, man, that's interesting. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, top of the hour. Um, we got to play a station ID, so uh, Richie... Take us to commercial. We'll come back in a few minutes. You're listening to Rock Chuck Sports Talk as long as they will allow us. So I'm just praying for more rain and more thunderstorms out at Kauffman Stadium so we can keep this as long as we can. This is Rock Chuck Sports Talk. All right, we're live at 23rd Street Brewery in Lawrence. Come by. Say what's up. Have a beer. And cry with us. Are we crying today? Are you planning on crying? Uh, no, I was not. But if you got a good, like, speech for us. I don't. I didn't have anything prepared. I tried to make no room for any sentimentality today. I will tell you what, I'm not going to leave here right after the show. In fact, I'm not going to leave here until Matt Llewellyn agrees to put my name on one of the <laughs> menu items. And there's a lot that are unspoken. Like, mm-hmm. um,. I, I love the French dip. I had it earlier today. Oh, he already told me he's naming that after me. Okay, I'll take the uh, the fresh grilled salmon. I think he's naming that after Richie. <laughs> How the hell did Richie get a menu item before me? Richie's not even from here. He's a transplant. From and the, the salmon? Oh, Come on, Derek. Yeah, he's from Texas. <laughs> you need to give him a big hunk of beef. They do have the Kansas City Strip they mm-hmm. could give him. I mean, come on. I'm not going to name names, but there's a lot of people on the menu who perhaps less deserving of a menu item than I am for wow. everything I've Shots done. fired. Considering everything I've done uh, for this What is that exactly that you have done? I have entertained uh-huh. the, the Lawrence sports community for six years, six-plus years to be exact. So that's not for nothing. So uh, Matt Llewellyn's around here somewhere. Uh, I'm gonna get his attention, and we're gonna we're gonna get this ironed out here over uh, over the next couple of hours. But yes, yeah, so we are actually we are going to be live through six o'clock. There's still Royals delay. It's tarp on the field, so we're not going back to them. If the game does start back up sometime in the next two hours, then I will give you uh, as many updates as you'll need in terms of score changes. But it's the last show. We got clarification from the boss who's out here. Thank you, Joel. We are going live 
till six o'clock. So we've got a lot of guests that are going to be coming on with us. Some uh, some stories that we need to tell. One story in particular that we've been sitting on for about three years now that I think it would finally be appropriate to get into. What do you, Jesse's over there I laughing. hope it's what I think it is. I really, really hope it's what I think it is. When do you want to do that? You want to do it now? We could do it now. The only, the only reason I would wonder if we should do it now is because of the Royals. I feel like everything's going to get pushed back, and I just want to make sure that we get it in at some point today. What do you think? I say do it now. Rip the Band-Aid off. All right, let's do it. I'm ready to go. I'm absolutely ready. Um, okay, this is fantastic. We're going to do it right now in the presence of Jesse Newell, by, per request. <laughs> he might have been here in another way during this event. He may have. I don't know. Okay, so live. here know. is what we're going to talk about now. And I'm going to set this up. I'll give you a brief sort of introduction for what the idea was what happened, and then I'm going to play you the audio, and we can talk about it afterwards. But this was uh, back in October of 2018, so about two and a half years ago. You, you probably don't remember this because it was a story, one of those things that feels like it's a big deal at the time, and people sort of wring their hands about it, but after a couple of weeks, everybody forgets about it. After a couple of years, everybody forgets it even happened. But what happened happened at Oklahoma State. There was a wide receiver by the name of Jalen McCleskey. And Jalen McCleskey was transferring from Oklahoma State. For whatever reason, Mike Gundy didn't like that he was transferring. So he decided to inform his media relations person to go to the local Stillwater Media ahead of a weekly press conference and give them two very important stipulations, which were you are not allowed to ask anyone about Jalen McCleskey. And if you go public, if you tell anybody, if you write, if you go on the radio, if you go on TV and say that we told you not to say that, we're going to revoke your media credentials. So they tried to go with this full frontal assault to make sure nobody asked about this kid. Well, it didn't work because the Stillwater media immediately went public with it. I think it was actually student newspaper which you can always account you can always count for the student newspaper because they're not getting any access and they have nobody to please anyway so they just sort of say this is the right thing to do we're going to do it they did it it's sto- it sort of blew up at least big 12 wise just talking about uh, mike gundy's trying to silence the media and how it's unethical and blah 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 well ku played oklahoma state that week And Derek and I had the idea of going to the press conference and asking him about it. But I got to the press conference and immediately chickened out because if you've ever been to Memorial Stadium where they do the opposing coach press conferences, they're in like a it's a coat closet. I mean, you can maybe fit 10 people in there uncomfortably and you get in there and you're two feet away from the table. And I just thought, okay. You're not going to be able to pull this off here. Chickened out, but got home and said, hey, Big 12 coaches teleconference on Monday or Tuesday, whenever they have it. I said, let's just go in 10 o'clock. We'll hop on this call. We'll get a few prank calls. Ask Mike Gundy about Jalen McCleskey, and it'll be a funny bit for the show. Right? That was basically the whole idea. And we didn't 
this was not a, a super well thought out. We didn't spend a lot of time going back and forth trying to figure out how we were going to do this. We just thought it was a funny idea, and that was it, right? I mean, yeah, which basic, is most of our stuff. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. It was very on brand. So this is even more on brand. It's Tuesday at 9.50, and I'm across the street at Sonic getting a breakfast burrito. The Della conference starts in 10 minutes. Derek texts me and says, are you... Are we going to do this or what? Are we? My, he's up in like 15 minutes. I go, oh, holy cow. I, I drive over there really quick. Um, I get into the studio and I say, okay, yeah, let's do it. Um, I start typing out fake names. I, I got a little yellow pad. Start writing out fake names, fake uh, media outlets, and fake questions. And I got three of them in total. And my line of thinking was, because this was such a big story at the time, everybody is going to want to talk to Mike Gundy this week, right? Everybody's going to want to talk to him. So if we get three people on there pressing the button, because that's how it works. You call into the teleconference, you give them your name and your affiliation, and they say, press pound if you want to talk to this coach. I say, if we press pound at the very beginning, all three of us, chances are maybe we'll get one question in, right? That's what we thought because we thought everybody's going to be pressing pound right now. So we'll be one of 20. Maybe we'll get a question in. It'll be a nice little one-off. People will be like, that was weird, whatever. We play it back on the show, get some laughs, move on with our lives. That's not exactly how it played out. Instead, Derek and I were given the floor for three consecutive questions uninterrupted to start Oklahoma State head coach Mike Gundy's teleconference. This is what it sounded like in its entirety. Mike Gundy, if you have a question, press star one. And your first question is from Brett Kirkenbach, BeatTheTwelve.com. Hi, Mike. Uh, congratulations on the uh, victory. Uh, I-, I thought you brought up a really interesting point after the game on Saturday. You said uh, people focusing on the wrong things is what's kind of driving this country into the ground. What other aspects of people doing their jobs do you have a problem with? Uh, I'm not sure I understand the question. <laughs> Your next question is from Rich Mitchum, CFB Daily. Uh, hey, Coach. Uh, great win on Saturday in Lawrence. Really impressive performance offensively, and I think um, even more specifically through the air, especially impressive considering you did it all without Jalen McCleskey. Can you give a quick update on his status moving forward? <laughs> Uh, Jalen McCleskey is transferring. I thought everybody knew that. Your next question is from Trey Anastasio, Stillwater Tribune. Hey, Mike. Good morning to you, man. Uh, I think our audio got cut off. Is there no? Can nobody else hear any of the rest of this? Okay. Um, I'll try to get that figured out, Richie. If there's something I can do, uh, let me know down the line. Uh, there was one more question that I feel like is quite pivotal um, to set the scene here. 
Um, I have no idea why I can no longer play this audio. Here we go. Let's try it again. Hey, Mike. Good morning, team, man. Okay, so it's cutting off after that question. Uh, we'll try and get that figured out. So it was one more question. As you heard there, the third question was being asked by a reporter named Trey Anastasio from the Stillwater Tribune. Now, uh, for Fish fans, fans of the band Fish, you will recognize Trey Anastasio is the lead guitarist. And if you are uh, fans of local Stillwater media, you would recognize that the Stillwater Tribune is not a real news outlet. So let's go back to when this was happening, because like I said, neither one of us were expecting to get more than one question, and we certainly weren't expecting to get three consecutive (laughs) questions to start this thing off. Do you have another? Do you have another way for us to play that last question? I mean, I could play it off my phone into the mic. I don't know how great it'll sound. Do you have a headphone jack on your phone? Uh, I have the normal iPhone jack. So you're in the 21st century. Okay. Yes. No, I was just making sure. Um, yeah, I want to play this last part. I know it's been kind of a frustrating seven days or so, which I don't really think is right because you don't play the heck of a game on Saturday. Seems like a lot of these reporters don't have any respect for your unwarranted petulance, and I, for one, can't believe they'd have the nerve to do their jobs and not kowtow to your empty threat. I guess what I'm really saying is, it's 2018, do we really even need freedom of press anymore? I'm not sure what you're asking. Um, uh, I'm not sure what you're asking. Okay, so there is all the audio. Three questions in total. The first one was asked by one Derek Johnson, and the next two were both asked by yours truly. And that is not how we expected it to play out (laughs) when we put this idea together for us to get three straight questions. But when that ended, Derek ran into the office I was sitting in, and we looked at each other as if it was a massive success. And in some regards, it was. We got three straight questions. We clearly pranked him. And we got way more than we bargained for. But then came the social media (laughs) frenzy. Then came all of the local and national reporters tweeting, what the hell just happened on the Big 12 coaches teleconference? Then came the Deadspin article Mm. and the USA Today article and the awful announcing article. Mm. You know, radio shows in Boston talking about it. Uh, Will Kane's show on ESPN, not ESPN Radio. It was on ESPN Radio, but actually, ESPN, the television channel. Um, it went everywhere in a very, very small amount of time. And in that amount of time, the range of emotions that I went through <laughs> went from "haha, this is great" to "oh my god, my life." is now over and my career is going to be in shambles because you gotta realize all we wanted to do was get a little bit that nobody would really notice that we could play back on the air it turned into something so much bigger and people were mad calling out journalistic integrity and this is why coaches don't like the journalism and this is why people don't trust the media i remember seeing some tweets from like oklahoma state fans this is a spirited coup to try to oust mike gundy yeah exactly like we were <laughs> like and here's what 
people didn't understand. And other media members, I saw other media, like national writers who I know and who I respect who were saying, you know, this is what gives journalism a bad name. This is what gives media a bad name. And that bothered me so much because they didn't understand what we were trying to do. We were trying to have a laugh. This wasn't anything bigger than that. This wasn't us trying to infiltrate and make a point. <laughs> it was just supposed to be funny. And quite frankly, it was funny. Because we asked that guy questions for two minutes, and that coach had no freaking clue what was going on. Uh, uh, I'm not sure I understand the question. After we get off... The person who's running this account makes an announcement. It's like, and, and I just wanted to say, Coach Gundy, that it looks like we had some fraudulent callers call in earlier because at the time they thought we were just random guys who somehow found access to the Big 12 call. So much so that they sent out an email where we would normally get the call time and the password, and they said, hey, somebody broke into our call earlier. Here's the new email and the password. And it's, it's to me. I go, oh, they don't have a clue what's going on. Fast forward a bit. They did end up finding out what was going on. I still don't know exactly how they found out everything they did. Few working theories are that the Dallas Police Department got involved. Another working theory is somehow we got ratted out by somebody who, no, I can say this, no longer works at the station who may not have wanted us to work at the station because he there were information that they had that there's no way they would have had had they not like that only you and i knew it was sort of creepy almost to the point that they were able to pinpoint exactly what we did where we were at and what our plan was so that's when things started to get a little bit scary when i got the phone call from the big 12 and they're telling me how i'm not going to be allowed at any sporting event on the face of the planet for the rest of my life and I was worried about losing my job, and all of a sudden I said, dude, we cannot, we cannot air this on the show today. There's no way we can do it, because if we do that, uh, I'm, we're going to get canned from this job. I was working for KU at the time, as you remember. I was worried about losing that job. Newsflash did lose that job for this exact thing, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was a very traumatizing 48 hours or so, but... I'll tell you what, um, I think that that bit is perhaps my proudest moment <laughs> of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. And Craig Hershiser, who we're going to have on the show here momentarily, he's got his hands in his palms. Because I'll tell you what, man, I got canned from that KU job, and I was very sad afterwards because I felt like I was letting people down, people who had vouched for me and went, went to bat for me to get that gig, and it was a good gig. But... It also wasn't the gig for me, you know, to, to work for the university and to sort of have to go to bat for them and it, in some regards carry their water. I mean, I was doing pre and post game for KU basketball. It was, it was not, the, it was not the, the type of media I ever wanted to get into necessarily and that I don't know if I could ever thrive in because I'm opinionated. I don't know if you've noticed, and I'll never forget when I got hired for that job, the guy who was hiring me, and he's long gone as well, he was scared about hiring me for that job, for that exact fact, and we had a conversation at, we were sitting there at the Roost downtown eating breakfast, and he said, you know, I don't know if I can hire you for this job, because 
you're too opinionated, and I'm just afraid I'm going to wake up one day and there's going to be a dead spin article that says local <laughs> Kansas host says this. And Deadspin printed that article, and the next day they said, thank you for your time. And it was as simple as that. But what happened afterwards when ESPN was talking about it, and when I went to a bachelor party in New Orleans with a bunch of guys from Chicago, and we're sitting there in the house, and they're talking about how they heard this funny bit on the way from the, to the airport, that they were talking about on Chicago radio, which was us, and I go, oh, yeah, that was actually me. Boston rate. I mean, every every news outlet, all these major news outlets were covering it. And in hindsight, what it made me realize that we came up with an idea good enough to feed a sports media cycle for about 48 hours, which honestly in 2021 is about as, as much as you should ever think you're going to get. You're not going to get a week. You're not going to get a month. It's going to be a day, two max if you're lucky, and that's what we ended up getting out of it. The fallout made me sort of question things, but I say it's the proudest moment that I had here because that's all we ever wanted to do on this show was come up with content that people consumed. And generally speaking, we're talking to a niche audience. We're talking to KU fans. We're trying to give them the content that they wanted to consume. But in that moment, that two-minute and four-second stretch we gave a lot more people content than they ever knew they wanted, and I don't have one single regret for that. So uh, that's your bar. For however long you're going to be taking over the show, Derek, that's the bar that you've got to try and pass is get on ESPN by any means necessary. It's all about going viral, so get a TikTok, get on Instagram, uh, do whatever you got to do because – I look back on that at the, on that day quite fondly. I don't know how you look back on it. Oh, I mean, I, I didn't have any of the risks you did. You were my like my shield. Anything. Yeah, that... I hated that aspect of it. <laughs> Every time I was just like, Derek, man, I don't know what we're gonna do. I'm gonna get fired. I, they, like, what are they gonna do to us? And he's like, Well, I'm good either way. <laughs> I was, I go, okay, well, guess uh, guess I'm in this one on my own. <laughs> But, yeah, that was kind of true. You didn't have all the, the stuff going on as I did, and uh, it was rough. I mean, you, were, you could attest to that afterwards. Like, that was pretty dark time for me. Um, it was tough to do the show there for a while and just, like, stick my tail in between my legs and keep coming back to work. But the more time that passes, the more I laugh at it, and probably better than anything I ever would have done at KU, to be quite frank. But, uh yeah, that's the Mike Gundy story. That's the first time we've ever talked about it on air, ever. Three yeah, we've hinted at it. Well, we always, I always said, you know, I didn't want to talk about it at the time. There were too many people who were mad. There were too many people who were upset about the whole thing, and uh, I was just sort of afraid to touch it. And then enough time passed to where it felt like nobody really cares anymore, but I always said I'd cop to it on the last day. This is my last day. I cop to it. I don't think I have any other skeletons in my closet other than the time I wrecked that car that I was being leased by a sponsor. But we can get to that later on in the show. It's 426. We are live at 23rd Street Brewery. This is Rock Shark Sports Talk. All right, the tarp has come off the field. The game will resume at 440 p.m., which is 10 minutes from now. But guess what? We're not going back to it because I have...
We're not bleeping leaving. Well, I am going to leave <laughs> at the end of today. Um, I don't want to give any mixed signals here. I do think it's so weird that, like, I'm hosting the show today, and then it's just your show tomorrow. Yeah. Um, there's no, like, soft transition, but how would you have it the other way? Would you, like, one day you do two hours, That's one how day an hour and a half? That's how it was for me, but the guy who I replaced didn't have a, as graceful of an exit as I did. Um, I walked it. You know how I started? Do you know the day I started hosting this show? No. It was 2.15, like 2.30, 30 minutes before the show started, and uh, program director at the time, John Flood, walked in, and he told me, and John, if you're listening, love you. He told me, hey, um, John Doe, the guy who was hosting before me, uh, he's not going to be hosting today. You're up. <laughs> and I thought to myself, uh, how about tomorrow? <laughs> I go, I got 30 minutes to get ready to host a three-hour show, which, as you know now, as I know now, 30 minutes is about an eighth of the amount, a sixteenth of the amount of time that you need to prepare for doing a full three-hour show. If it happened to me today, I'd be fine. I'd be like, well, it ain't going to be a great show, but I'll, I'll keep us on the air and we'll get through it. But that's how my first show was. Your first show, at least you know it's coming. Mm-hmm. You've known it's coming now for two weeks. So Yeah, like I said, that. I already have an interview planned for tomorrow. We're good to go. Yeah, so you'll be fine. You'll be fine, probably better than uh, than I left it in. If this is the last show I did, I'm assuming the show you do tomorrow will probably be uh, a little bit more tucked in, a little bit more ironed out than this one. Craig Hershiser, my longtime broadcast partner, we have called six years of Free State football together. That's correct. Six years of both Lawrence High, Free State, even some Veritas, yep. some... Bishop Seabury basketball. How many broadcasts would you say we've done together? Wow, you're going to put my math skills to the test. Uh, well, you, you did used to be a, an educator. Yeah, an English teacher. Words are more my thing, okay. more than numbers. Um, so, Let's see here. Six years, they played about ten games a year. Yeah, at least ten. ten ten's a guarantee because there's but, nine regular season and one postseason no, game. No game sure. last year. Right. No, no for you. So 50, um, there may have been a game or two each year where one of us was gone. So I think 50 is a good round number for I'll football. Take that. And then basketball, um, probably another 40. Sound about right? Yeah, I think so. That sounds pretty good. Call Let's it just 100. call it 100. Yeah. 100. Let's call it 100 games we've called together. As good as him, but I want to know how often you thought about that during the broadcast. <laughs> how many times would you think about the fact that, man, where the hell is Brian Hayne? This kid's not. I I can honestly tell you, I never thought that. Um, I always thought that you called a real a real good game, uh, even the very first game. Now I will tell you that the first game, John had told me, help Nick out as much as you can. And I thought, I, I didn't really get this. I, I was just like, what's the deal here? And, yeah. and then um, we did our first game. I thought you looked nervous. You didn't sound nervous. I thought you looked nervous. Does that sound about right? I rem- I just remember being nervous because 
when they told me I had to call free state games, I said, dude, I've never called yeah. a game. I've never called a football in my life. And they were so surprised by that. They'd say, wait a minute, didn't you do KU yeah. broadcasting and yeah. radio? And I said, yeah, but I never cared about play-by-play. I always wanted to do sports talk. So I just let everybody else have the, the games. And when I did call games, I called basketball. Yeah, I didn't know that. And so when, when John said, help Nick out as much as you can, I thought, well, sure, you know, whatever. And I walked into the booth, and, and I still didn't really think too much about it. I just thought he's a little nervous because it's his first first game and so on. Probably got there about four hours early. <laughs> yeah, something like that. And me, I just kind of figured I'd do what I always do, just make things up. And yeah, so, right. <laughs> um, and then I th- it might have been a game or two later, maybe even after that first game, you told me you'd never called a football game before. Oh, so you didn't know ahead no. of time. Mm-hmm. No. No, I, I, um, I might have been a little more concerned, actually, had I known that, but I didn't. I'm glad you didn't. Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, everything, everything went great, I thought. So. Yeah, we had, we, uh, we had some good teams to call. That was nice and still will. That, I think, was something that was very good for you and for me, is that Free State football um, had had quite a run of success and uh, we they had good players we you know we had guys to talk about we had we had good games to call and 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 the same was true in basketball both high schools had had good basketball teams and so so um, you know we we always had um, always had good games to call and then that uh, I'm 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 just an amateur but um, I guess I've done enough to know that it helps when you have good games yeah well, and we and I'm blessed to have good teams to call because we've called those stinkers of games, and those are grinds yeah. to get through. Yeah, it's funny. Like when I think about all the games we call, I don't think about the good games, or I don't think about the good broadcasts. I always think the other side, like those games where everything that could have went wrong went wrong. I'll never forget. Do you remember the Leavenworth game? <laughs> Do you remember the game we called at Leavenworth? Yeah, this would have been early on, first or second year. Uh, first, forgot all the equipment, got on the highway, realized, oh, forgot everything I need. I, I just, I just got into the car, and just said, let's go. <laughs> got halfway there and, and said, oh, I realized. And he's like, well, what did you forget? I said, everything. <laughs> <laughs> See, I've forgotten the phone before. I remember we did a Manhattan Free State football game, and I forgot the phone, which is how we connect to the radio. And oh, that that was a bear of a trip. So. Right. Thankfully, Eric Holcomb, who was working at the station at the time, I called him. I said, hey, can you meet me at the turnpike? Just I'll get the equipment and, and go right back around. So he did. So I knew at this point we were going to be cutting it close. I usually tried to get there an hour early. I knew at this point I'm going to be lucky to get there 10 minutes before kickoff. And even then, i got to get everything set up. You hope it works, and then you're ready to call the game. So we get up there. Tiny booth, the yeah. smallest. I mean, it is. It's an attic. It's the smallest booth we've been in all year. And I go, this isn't great. And it also had walls like jutting out the outside, so you couldn't see more than like a thirty-yard chunk of the field. So, you know, of all things to happen, that was the worst night to happen because you. It was already going to be a really tough game to call. Well got the equipment so glad we went back because none of it worked could not establish a connection tried everything internet connection wi-fi connection cellular 
couldn't get anything to work. And whoever, I don't even remember who the engineer was at the time, but he just told us, you're going to just have to call the station. You're going to have to call the station yeah. and just call the game. Yep. Not even, not even with the headset plugged into the phone, no, because that wasn't working. I held my cell phone in front of Craig and I's mouths for two and a half hours and just called the game going back and forth like this. And it was at that moment where I asked myself <laughs> if I was sure that this is the career path that I wanted to take. <laughs> because that was the least enjoyable night of my broadcasting career. But, again, it's one of those things you look back on now, and it's just, it's funny. It's there's funny been a few games uh, done through the cell phone, uh, and there's been a few games where we'd arrive somewhere, and even though you may have packed the bag a couple of hours before or the morning of or whatnot, there would be something missing because somebody else decided they needed an important piece of equipment out of the bag. So um, there's that been still some, happens. It still happens. <laughs> so there's been some some games we scrambled a little bit, but uh, you know I don't I don't think about those things. I think I I had a lot of fun. I've had a lot I of fun too. the last several years. I had fun. I had fun just uh, the the car rides to KC. Yep. Telling stories, talking sports. You. You crying about the Huskers? Yeah, yeah. Me telling you why they're just never going to get back to the glory days, and <laughs> that's not exactly how it went. But you would always be listening to my show throughout the week, and then by Friday was your opportunity to sort of sound off on all the disagreements that you had with all the takes <laughs> that I took to the air. So I don't know what the deal is going to be if you're going to be calling Free State or whatever. If you're calling Free State, just get ready for that. Craig keeps a. Uh, a list. Uh, he notes down the opinions that he doesn't like, and he'll be sure to hit them with you on those car rides to KC. At some point in time over the last couple of years, I think you politely told me that I am a critical listener. I did, yeah. yeah. I think I, I think I meant it as a compliment. Um, and there, I, I, I listen to sport. I listen to way too much sports talk radio especially since I've retired because now I can get it in the morning or early afternoon or what have you. And um, there are just days I, I cringe when I'm, I'm listening to somebody from another city. Yeah. And it just, um, just kind of rubs me the wrong way. But uh, um, Rock Chalk Sports Talk, man, I love it. It's a good show. has been a good show. Um, when you took it over, uh, I feel like the quality went up substantially. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're laughing. We're not going to say why, but um, the quality went up substantially, and um, uh, it's been—it's just been a pleasure to work with you the last several years. I, I'm a little disappointed. You're 30 now, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like I've kind of walked you through your 20s. You did. And now that you've hit the magic 30, you're leaving, <laughs> and um, I don't get the benefit of Thanks that. Thanks to you, though. Thanks <laughs> to you. That was. That was your grand plan, right? Yeah. Get me through the 20s, and by the time I'm 30, I'll be ready to spread my wings. We'll shove you out of the nest, I guess. Yeah. And here I am. <laughs> ready to roll. Hey, it's been a pleasure. I'm still going to be around. I may uh, drop in and hang out with you guys, but it, it, it has been. I've, I've, I've I loved calling say, games with you, man. I will say this. I listened, I've listened a little bit to your new time slot, and uh, you're going to add quite a bit to it. I appreciate that. Yes, you will. No I doubt. I appreciate that. I appreciate it, man. And I'll tell you what, uh, you better stay on his ass. <laughs> Keep letting him know what you like, what you don't like, because I've learned things. You have helped the show. There's no question about it. I, there are things that I have learned based off things you've said. So 
those uh, those car rides, those are those are very uh, valuable learning experiences. Sometimes so. the best part of the broadcast are the things that people don't hear. That's right. That is abs. That is the truest words that have ever been spoken. I say the same thing with us all the time. Our best stuffs in commercials. Yeah. <laughs> Our no best doubt. stuffs in the pre-show meeting when we're not even trying to get anything done. We're just BSing and. That's where a lot of the magic comes yep. from, so nothing's going to change there. By the way, do you, can you make an official announcement right now? People want to know. About? Are you going to be back in 2021? Oh, I'm planning on it, yeah. Okay, oh, absolutely. there we go. Yeah. Wow. Big news coming out of this event. <laughs> yeah. People were wondering. Yeah. All right, that's exciting news. Sad I had to mix and match my, uh, my last season, but... The broadcast will be better to have you back. Well, we're looking forward to it. Hey, thanks, Craig. All right, man. Appreciate you, man. You going to stick around? Yeah, I'll be around. Okay, cool. We'll grab a beer afterwards. Okay, can we, do we have to go to break? Can we just keep it going? All right, let's just keep it going. Mike, I got, we got a who's who. We got Brian Haney and his non-torn Achilles, I believe, is the official medical diagnosis. The great David Lawrence, the big DL. Two RCST originals. I believe, well, I know Haney was an original. Was DL on? Hey, David, were you on right away with Haney, or was there there was a gap before you joined him? Yeah, I think Brian, he had developed the show for years before I got around. Okay, I didn't know. Who was the original? I actually did some prep for this today. Wow. I haven't prepped wow. for a sports talk show in a long time. <laughs> I haven't done sports talk since I left Lubbock, Texas. But I wanted to send you out in style. And David and I talked about, you know, how can we appropriately pay tribute to your career? And so I think to appropriately exalt you and lift up the great job you've done, we have to look at the history of who all has sat in yes. that chair. Yes, which, which goes back to the original co-host of Brett Ballard, now the head coach of Washburn Ichabod Basketball. But this would have been the summer of 2002. I think it was July 21st, 2002. So we're coming up on the 19th birthday of Rock ah. Chalk Sports Talk, if I did my math right. So I wrote out the full list of official hosts That's of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. a longer list than I thought it was going to be. I want to have David weigh in on this and, <laughs> and see if I got these right. So Brett Ballard was the original co-host. Alonzo Jameson after that. Brief stint, maybe three months. Love Zoe. But uh, three months stint. Then Judd Easterday, who worked full-time at KLWM for about three or four years. Then came the pairing of David Lawrence and Bud Stallworth. And they would rotate Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday. So when, when would this have been? 06. 06, I think. So yeah. about four years into it. In- yes. And that so was that was a huge leap for the show. Not a huge slight, but is... Is that going to be looked back upon as like the Dan Patrick Keith Olbermann pairing of Sports Center when they're just like, oh, that's they a found it? Comparison. I was going to say it was like self landing Wiggins and Embiid in the oh, same yeah. class, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because while, while Judd was great and Zoe and B Bow were great, like that brought so much credibility to have a guy whose name was in the rafters and a guy who played on the All All American Bowl team and, and was just an institution of KU football knowledge and Kansas sports knowledge in general, yeah. and David Lawrence. Those two brought so much credibility to the show, really made it legitimate. But then we really beefed it up. Somehow back then we were spending money on all kinds of co-hosts, and we had Wayne Simeon. What's that? <laughs> Wayne Simeon, Scott Pollard, Aaron Miles, Todd Reesing, Jake Sharp did a summer stint of about three months on That's the show. That's incredible. That's incredible. Isn't that, isn't that wild? So then Sean Levine, obviously the sports machine. 
then Nick Schwert and Derek Johnson. Toss me in, that's your full list. So what I did with this list, and I want David to weigh in on this, because you, you are many things, Nick Schwert. But the question is, compared to these guys that I just listed <laughs> off, what, what is it that you were the best at? Well, we could probably go ahead and take any athletic accomplishments off the table, right? I mean, me too, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. Okay. There's, uh, there's some greats in there. There's, there's no doubt. Coach Elliott just walked yeah. up. That's awesome. Coach so, Elliott. DJ Elliott is here. That's great. Outside. Yeah, we are live. We are live. Good to see you. Good to see you, though. So, so here's what I did. Good man, um, Coach Elliott. Great man. So of, of that list, the distinguished hosts of Rock Chalk Sports Talk for 19 years, uh, tallest, not you. No. Scott Pollard. Uh, six eleven and a half to be exact, without <laughs> shoes. Uh, strongest, not you. Uh, probably Wayne that? Simeon, Big Dub. Yeah, probably. I mean, he has a pizza here at the brewery with every meat on it. That's true. The Big Dub special, every meat a carnivore can want. Probably strongest, uh, fastest, not you. Uh, uh, probably any, could be any number of guys, but yeah, not me. Probably Jake Sharp. Yeah. What'd you think? Aaron Maybe Miles Aaron would Miles. Right. be a close second. Best looking were men. We probably shouldn't debate that, but I was going to say maybe Aaron Miles for that one. Yeah, even Brett Ballard. Maybe Brett Ballard, sure, absolutely. Best dressed, definitely Bud Stallworth. Yeah. Yes. Definitely yes. not no you. No question. Um, well, okay, you don't have to say definitely not me. I uh, might be in the running for a medalist. Best with the ladies, I think you'd be on the short list, but I'm going to go with Todd Reising. Best with the females. Every time I feel like, hey, this may be my category, right? you bring up somebody where I go, oh, okay. Well. Most knowledgeable. You're also on the short list, but I actually went with David Lawrence on that. I mean, think about it. I, I lean on him He's for an stuff. institution for yeah. basketball, football, yeah. Kansas Relays knowledge. He's been around for so long. He's covered it for so long. He's Hashtag the best. oldest. Whenever I, whenever I have a question about, like, was there a guy in the 70s that did something that I'll text DL? He's and, the guy. He's the guy. Frost, hey, 10 minutes later? That's crazy that we minutes? say the 70s is or, so long. Okay, I fine, mean, the, the 40s, and then that, 10 minutes later I get a text back that just says Frosty Cox, and I go, yep, that's the guy. Frosty Cox. So the yeah. people that send you those texts, but a completely different. One of the great oh. forgotten men of Kansas. Basketball. See what I mean? Yep, yep. See what I mean? He knows I mean, it. Frosty Cox, winning record against Fog Allen. Okay, I, I <laughs> So, best at shattering backboards at late night, not you, uh, Alonso. No. Best X's and O's might be Brett Ballard at this point, right? Uh, you'd have to. Um, so what is Nick Schwartz's Rock Chalk Sports Talk legacy? This is where I really need David's help. I think, if you ask me, of all the guys that sat in that chair for 19 years of I this got run, my word. which is almost had as long of a run as the Simpsons, by the way. Like We're, we're just behind wow. Simpsons for yeah, the longest running show. Um, you are the most creative. You have taken the most chances. You make it fun just with your sheer personality, a guy that obviously has a lot of great content covering KU sports, but then you put your own personal flavor on it in a creative way that is better than any of those names I just rattled off. Not the tallest, not the fastest, questionable best looking, but the most creative and honestly the, the natural talent that you bring from a personality standpoint. 610 is lucky to get you, buddy. You're going to bring a lot to that show. God bless you. As a guy that created the show, I'm so proud you sat in that chair for as long as you did. You certainly took it to a new level. And it's kind of you to say that. I, I, speechless, man. Speechless. I, I think funny. 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 So it comes. Yep. I think it's Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon. <laughs> you like remember it. that? Of course. No, of course of you course. don't remember that. <laughs> Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon. I mean, that's why you had great chemistry together. It's been done yeah. before. Yeah, man. That's uh, 
That's what we wanted to do, though. I mean, that's every single day was trying to make each other laugh in the pre-show meeting. And if we found something that would do that, we'd say, okay, that's going to make the air. Like, that was the whole point was trying to make each other laugh. And if we think it's funny, then hopefully they'll think it's funny. And, you know, I think there's, there's sort of a stigma right now or in general with sports radio that it's kind of just – some guys just slapping each other on the butt and not really doing anything serious or having serious sports talk. But, you know, when we wanted to do that, I felt like we, we could do that as well as anybody. But what I prided ourselves on is that when it's time for us to do a bit or to be funny and be creative, you know, the other guys aren't going to be able to do that like we did. And that's, that's what we always kind of strive to do was just to take risks and, and be funny and, we just always sort of hoped that the audience thought it was funny, too. And, um, yeah, I, I appreciate you guys saying that. That's you know, when I used nice. to do the show, I was so blessed to work with guys like David and Bud and Wayne. And I was, in some ways, like Aaron Miles on a team that had Collison and Drew Gooden and Boshi. And it's just set these guys up yeah. and get them the rock and get out of the way. You didn't have that luxury, and so you really had to lean on your own personality, your own sense of humor, your own creativity, and the two of you together with your collective sense of that has brought way more entertainment than we could have ever hoped for. So kudos to you. You put a whole different spin on the show than ever before, and like I said, some of the best content we've had has come from the brain of Nick Schwartz. So I do, man. I, I remember your last show, and I remember going through the greatest hits. And a lot of those, a lot of those involved Bud Stallworth. Um, uh, the pranks, the, the stuff that you guys, when you were, I don't remember, what was the bit that you guys did where you were, were going to give a guy a, a $100 to call in and tell his boss he quit, and he ran over to his boss's <laughs> house and knocked on his door and That was uh, Truth or Dare with Scott Pollard. There we go. Yeah, we yeah. had one of two Scott Pollard-induced F-bombs happen because of that. <laughs> And back then, KLWN didn't operate on a delay. It may still not. It does now, but okay. I don't know if we're on a delay today. I think they told me they may have taken us off the delay. Really? Just so we could play it over the loudspeaker so here you're going to go hog wild in your last segment. I'm getting dicey. <laughs> <laughs> getting but no, mad. we had some fun with Pollard. Pollard and I had a famous April Fool's Day joke where... We faked getting mad at each other. He threw a chair up against the wall at Hopeland Ballpark. I was there and, for that. And sped off on his Harley. I thought it was a joke. It was real. No, it was a joke. <laughs> uh, but you guys have done that on a weekly basis, that type of humor and just creativity. And so I tip the cap to you, man. And like I said, uh, you know, in the same way that I was able to make my five-star additions in Lawrence and Stallworth way back in 2006, your new employer just got a five-star Mickey D's recruit and yourself. So congratulations. I uh, appreciate you saying that. I'm I'm excited for the next era, which I've been joking. I didn't even give him a weekend to sort of hit the reset button and, and get ready for it. It's my show today. It's his show tomorrow. So I tell everybody that. I'm like, if you liked the show before, wait till how good it's going to sound once they get me out of there because I'm sure he's got – he doesn't even have a mic right now, so he can't say anything. He'll put so. his own spin on it. Yeah, exactly. And, and you everybody benefited has. from him. Yeah. I mean, for three sure. hours is just – an eternity if you don't have someone good to work with. And, yeah. And you were blessed with that. And he, he came along and and just kind of was the understudy, a team player, and that, that means a lot. And, and, and Derek filled in exactly where you needed him. It is, yeah, it's, 
That's why I said uh, I said this on the air when I when I announced that I was leaving. I said this again uh, when I made the announcement on social media. But and then I think this is advice for anybody in any industry is if you if you can find somebody who you enjoy working with, who you respect, who who wants to accomplish the same things as you, work with them as long as you possibly can. Because I've seen the other side of it when you're working with somebody who you don't respect or they don't respect you or they don't want to accomplish the same things as you. And it's in this business where it is content-based and the relationships mean everything, you know? Like, Derek and I have had some... Derek's seen me at my lowest, and but he's seen me at my worst. He's seen me at my best, everything in between. Like, it's an intimate job to work with somebody like that. And if you can find somebody you like working with, like, do it as long as you possibly can because chances are the next person you go work with, it it's not going to be the same. Nope. And you're going to miss that sort of stuff. So I'm, I'm thankful for you, and I'm thankful that you don't have a microphone to say anything sentimental <laughs> back because, uh, like I said yesterday, I tried to leave as little room for sentimentality in this show as possible because I already got choked up two weeks ago when I talked about leaving. And I have no plans to get choked up today, but we do still have about an hour of radio left. So that I, was so well said. That was it was very mature for a thirty-year-old. That I love that perspective. And mature for a thirty-year-old. Kids growing make up. Make me sound like a kid. Well, kids I mean, that was like sage wisdom your grandpa would give you. You know, yeah, you find yeah, somebody yeah, to work yeah. with that you value and you enjoy. By all means, stick with it. I found out with David in two thousand and six. I missed it for the four years I didn't have him when I was in Lubbock, and that's yeah. why coming home meant so much. So I know exactly what you're speaking to, Derek. He said though, you've seen him at his worst. You've seen him at his best. We heard the Gundy story on the way in. So tell me, seeing him at his best, what was the best with Nick? And I'm not talking about his current social life. What was the best of Nick? <laughs> Man, uh, I mean, there's so many great memories, but um, I, I think you know you have something there when you're able to, because there were times where, you, you know, you yell at each other, you laugh with each other, you do everything together. Um, I think you hit the best moments, the ones that stick out in your mind when there's something big going on with sports, whether it's going down to the final four or whatnot. Um, I would just say the best moments from my end is I don't think I've had anybody. I'm sorry. I'm getting a little emotional here. Um, I don't think I've had anybody, uh, fight for me as much in my job as you have. So, um, Thank you so much for that. Absolutely, man. Wow. Absolutely. This is real bromance stuff here. I'm loving watching this. I'm I love sorry. the mutual respect in the room. That's fabulous, guys. Nah, man. David, yeah. just to give them a moment, I don't know if I've ever had an intern go from, like, absolute high school intern, lowest rung on the ladder, to running the sports department right. in a short amount of time as Nick did. I mean, he made a meteoric rise from the kid making photocopies in the back of the room to suddenly running the show. Yeah, well, he, the blueprint, I think one of the things that I advised him, dude did it just before you. I mean, just, just look at what Brian Haney did. Look who he yeah. was. Just, that's the blueprint. Try to follow that. And he did. And that's, uh, and you set the bar very high, young man. Well, I think when you talked to me about that, and I'll never forget that because you you'd said to me at the time, you said, good things happen to good people who work hard. And 
I never forgot about that. I was, I would always think about that too. I'd just be like, be a good person and work hard, and things will sort of work out. And for the most part, they have. I mean, it's probably overly simple advice, but it's it's not hard to see why why you said it because it certainly applies to Brian yeah. and where he's gotten and being the voice of the Jayhawks. But it's something I never. I never forgot. And one last thing, just uh, with the height, you could always tell there were certain days Nick would come in and he'd have a little Chiba smile when he came in, and you knew immediately, oh, he's got, he's got some new segment. He's got something he wants to try today. And some of the times, you know, it wouldn't hit. I wouldn't think it would be good. Sometimes we would go with it on air. It would work out. And some of our best segments were born that way, and those were always kind of the most fun days because – it's very much, it was an environment where you could come in with whatever idea you wanted, as stupid, as smart as you wanted, and, okay, let's try it, or let's kind of run through it right now and see what it would sound like. Nothing was off the no. table, man. We were always just trying, you know? Yeah. I'll never apologize. And we had so many segments that we tried, and it failed miserably on air and I'm you're embarrassed and you were sitting there and we're both mad at each other even though we're not we're just mad that we sucked and it wasn't funny and we're just sitting there but we tried so much we tried so much and I'll I'll never uh, never apologize by the way uh, we have to give updates for the Royals game they are down four to two bottom of the eighth one on no outs to the Cincinnati Reds so there you go but yeah I uh, that's what that's what we always tried to do man was just come up with uh, two out walk. There was a two out walk. Now we got a man on first. So um, that's what we always tried to do: is just come up with bits. And we had so many that I would tell you this sucks or this is going to be great, and you'd tell me I don't get it. What what's the point of this? But that's how we found some of the uh, the best stuff that we did, and that'll be one of the, the things I missed. So we have to take a break. Unfortunately, uh, we're at the top of the hour. Brian, David, I don't know if you guys want to stick around or what the deal is. I know this is kind of a free for all, but. Um, thank you for what you said. That was, that was really We are both kind. so proud of you. We're so excited to watch you continue to blossom. God bless your brother. Keep going. You make us proud every day. Officially, you're nothing to me. Derek's in charge now, <laughs> so I'm totally sucking up to Derek. I needed that. Thank you, D.L. B. Haney. Love you guys. All right, we'll take a break. One hour to go. This is Rock Shark Sports Talk. Right, five o'clock hour here. This is Rock Chuck Sports Talk. Um, I am uh, contractually obligated to give you a Royals update. The Reds lead four to two, bottom of the eighth, two on, no outs, and uh, looks like Jorge Soler is at the plate. Okay, that's all I have to do. <laughs> they said that I could cut out of the Royals game as long as I gave. Uh, updates and that was an update so here we go continuing on it's already the last hour this show is flying by as I expected it would we've got two more guests joining us now one of whom you've heard from quite a bit recently Scott Chasen fog.net yeah hey Nick how are you doing I'm good <laughs> thanks for stopping by it's nice to see you here and, and you've brought You've brought something He's with brought you. me. He's the adult in this. You know, we used to have a blood feud uh, going back on this show, and I miss the days of getting to call Matt out, inspired and ebbed on by you. You won. Did I? 
You're still standing. He, he quit. He left the octagon. I think that's why. But real quick, I just wanted to point out and, and remind people of the dumbest bit in the history of sports talk radio, which was Galloway's Deli, the fake sponsor you we made up. You started it. Yes. To I basically, to, to see if Matt, I think the idea was like Matt would, uh, I, I don't know if you'd want to go there or just notice or no, something. No, no, no. You're missing the beginning part. Yes. We were trying to get his movie review yes. sponsored. Okay. And then you came in. I think I had told you that. Like, we need to get a sponsor for the movie review. Mm-hmm. We were talking to the movie theater in town. And they were feeding us this sale that was, like, never going to happen. Like, we'll put your guys' advertisements in the previews. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, you're going to go see Fast and Furious beforehand. It's going to be like, listen to Matt Galloway's weekly oh, movie. right there with Maria Menounos. Yeah, right. They, they, they were pitching side us on side. this. They oh were, dude. They were. So I think I had told you about this, Scott, and then you said, wouldn't it be funny if I made up a fake sponsor yes. for my segment on the show, for your segment. We, we had big plans to Photoshop, mm-hmm. like, Matt's face into a cartoon Italian yeah, chef. And right. It, it never happened. But, <laughs> and it was such a funny bit that I never knew you did it, and, ever. And this is I what I was going to say. It. it ended up being the most, the worst self-owned and most, like, upsetting thing in history because I was like, oh, Matt will bring it up to me. Matt will bring it up to me. Matt will bring it up to me. One of these days, and then, and then you one, will mention this. One day I mentioned it to Matt, and I was like, oh, you know how we've been doing this. And he goes, no, you haven't. You haven't been doing that on the radio. I would know about that. You're not doing that. And I was like, oh, no, just for was like the really last three Galloway's months. Was it really Galloway's Deli, though? It was G. It started. G's Deli. It, but do you That's remember right. the motto? Do you remember the motto? No. Home of really good sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. And we thought, we thought oh. he's definitely listening every yes. day. Yeah. Well, you forgot to tell the best part of this story. Oh, no. We did get a sponsor for my movie review segment. Boom. And they went out of business, <laughs> So it was... So uh, all of the listeners at home, you didn't... I mean, you, it, was a, it was a snowball effect. I am currently out of the industry because of you. It, it, it has spiraled downward to the point where I am now... Gainfully and happily employed somewhere else. Yeah, making but, making way more money than you but probably were. You never know what how how would the world be different if you had ordered that six foot, you know, meatball hoagie. <laughs> okay, so wait a minute. We got Regal on to sponsor the movie uh-huh. review. At at which point you had been doing the movie review for. At least two years, I believe. Two years. Maybe a, maybe a year and a half. But so for anybody years. who is a new listener within the past six months or a year, because we haven't done it in about a year, right? Right, right. Once COVID hit. Right. So in case you're a new listener and you missed out on any of that, um, almost immediately upon meeting Matt, and I had him in studio one day to do a KU basketball segment. And in talking, we always got the best stuff in studio. We always got the best stuff in studio. There's no question about it. Mm -hmm. And we got to, I didn't hardly know you. I think it was probably the third or fourth time we'd ever talked. And somehow in passing, it came up that you had never seen Shawshank Redemption. Right. And you shamed me publicly on the radio. (laughs) Yeah. And it was, that was the great icebreaker because the second I found out you hadn't seen that movie, it was like, well, all pleasantries are gone now. Right. What is wrong with you? If you haven't seen that, it's like if you haven't had a cheeseburger, it's like, 
all of the other foods, you just have to assume this person's never yeah, exactly. Before. They just eat white bread every day. It's probably but what you had to assume. that proved to be true. It was. Because we, when I found out you hadn't watched it, I said, okay, how about let's do this. You go watch it. Come back next week. You can do a review on air. And you can give us your thoughts on it. You went. You watched Shawshank Redemption. You came back. And what did you say? I gave it a 10. You said it was the best <laughs> movie awesome. I've ever seen. It was incredible. And your your listeners backed that up later on. Yeah. Movie review bracket. Yeah. It, it got through the Billy Madison riffraff, and it won the whole thing. So, so yes. once you did that, I thought, well, that was great. We gave you one movie. You said it was perfect. Let's do another one. So I think we gave you one more, and at which point we just said, okay, Let's just make a wheel. So we went and stole one of the wheels from our promo room from our sister station, and we just put a bunch of different movies on it. And every single week, Matt would come in, spin the wheel, watch the movie the next week, give us a movie review. And we did it to the tune of... Do we have a final tally? Do we still have his sheets? Do you have his tens? We, I think that'd be good to rattle off all his tens. Yeah, I think we can pull it up, actually, because I don't think we would have deleted it we just haven't touched it in, i know i in gave months. whiplash a 10 mm-hmm. i had never even heard of that movie before then i here we go i got it i think i gave uh did i give okay you have a you movie. have 13 tens the 13 okay. best movies of all time okay, so, as noted by matt galloway let's hear these so first off i want to say this is how many movie reviews matt galloway did 150 on the dot wow 150 wow. movie reviews and all of those yes. were like four hours <laughs> You found the way to find the longest possible movies. Uh, and in I mean, some by cases, the, end, the worst yeah. possible movies. I've never heard Matt more angry than when Derek suggested a movie, and it wasn't a movie anyone had heard of. And Matt, look, Derek has amazing ideas. I love Derek. Uh, the point, though, I think Matt looked up the movie, and it was maybe Thursday night at 2 in the morning, I want to say something like that, before he goes on, and the movie was like 3 hours and 45 minutes, and I've never okay. heard Matt more angry. No, that's a lie. You've heard me much more angry. <laughs> okay, that's fair. But that's that's because we live together, though, so right. I get on his nerves. Constantly. Okay, so here are the 14 tens that Matt gave out, and I okay. believe are, these are in order of when he saw them. This needs to be a box set, by the way. We need, this does. needs to be sold at like the local FYE if they still have those. Well, you can do it on Amazon now. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Schindler's List. Whiplash. Can I stop you there? Yeah. The Schindler, Schindler's List, that was a tough radio segment to get through. I wasn't there it, that it week. Totally I specifically remember show. I go, I'm not really interested in sitting in on a movie review about uh, yeah. the Holocaust. It was a great movie, but tonally, I'm not sure how well it Yeah, well, we learned from that that this isn't all about watching the best movies. We learned from that that this needs to be about watching the movies that are fun, most funny to talk about on the air. Yeah. And I think we probably learned that while listening to you talk about how great. Oh, Schindler's List. It was just great. It was just fantastic. Is that how I sound? Yeah, it's just so good. Oh, my gosh. It's so great. Wow, I'm never talking again if that's how I sound. Okay, so Shawshank, Schindler's, Whiplash, Silence of the Lambs, Die Hard, Super Bad, The Patriot, Gran Torino, Django, Kick-Ass, The Terminator, Alien, The Karate Kid, Million Dollar Baby. Those were your 14 10s. There are a few 9.5s in there, um, but those are the 10s. Wow, 9.5. 
how how like insulting shining. You is gave that? The Shining and Pulp Fiction nine and a half. I'd love to look back and wonder why I decided that that was point five away. Because you would being always like come in and just be like, you know, the only problem I had with it is <laughs> I didn't really like that one chick's accent. It didn't really seem genuine, so. I'm gonna give it a nine and a half. You had it's a mal- like I'm looking into a mirror, but with audio. Well, I uh, I thought the ending was a little bit predictable. Uh huh. Yeah. So if, if you had a Mount Rushmore, you, you would deduct points for just child actors in general. I was just gonna well, say the, the Mount Rushmore of Matt Galloway complaints. You have child actors. You have this movie has been done a million times, except he's reviewing the first movie to ever do it because it, it's 2021 now. I don't know what the others would be though. Oh, good, good bit. Good, good yeah, I got you right. I'm lobbing it up to you. I got the, the, the guy right here. I don't know. You know me so well. Uh. But look, uh, you know, I've seriously, since I stopped, you know, doing the movie reviews, I have really been lacking on watching movies. I, I've been wanting to watch Terminator 2 for the longest time, but now I just don't have a reason to. But When's the last um, time you, have you watched a movie in two yes, years? Yes, I went to, uh, I went to Quiet Place 2 and, and, theaters at Regal, and then I went to uh, Cruella and saw that in theaters. Oh. So that was good. Why'd you Although, go see Cruella in theaters? Because it was fun. It was entertaining. I wanted to go to a movie. I've been inside for a year and a half. Was it? Was it Cruella was, good? Yeah, it was good. Okay, give us good. a quick review. Uh, um, five words. Just a number. Yeah, five words synopsis and then the rating. Origin story for Dalmatian killer. <laughs> okay, that's, <laughs> that's pretty good. good. But by the way, that's real quick, good. Uh, about the movie segment, as someone who listened, because I obviously didn't participate... It was, in my opinion, the perfect combination of two personalities of Matt has this thing. He's like kind of introverted if you don't know him. But if you do know him, he's like the funniest, most like he just wants Stop. everyone to include people. Shut uh-huh. up. Uh, he's, he's, he's an amazing person. Nick, as everyone who has ever listened to the show knows, is the most creative, smart, uh, quick-witted, just like he has the best perspective of <laughs> like anyone ever. And the, the combination and how, like, I mean, you, you guys would poke at each other, make fun of each other. Derek would jump in. It, it truly electric radio segment. And, like, I mean, it was must-listen. It was legitimately amazing. Outside of Derek, and I don't even know if Derek would, I don't know, you would be able to answer this question, but outside of you, there's nobody who I would go after and who would go after me as much as him. Oh, yeah, 100%. But those were the most back-and-forth, like, yeah. sort of hurling insults, but we're not really mad at each other, just, like, picking each other up. Yeah. Bickering, just well, bickering. But it helps, too. You know, he's in studio, and it's a little bit harder to do that when you're on the phone with somebody. For sure. You know, because well, that's, yeah. that's why we stopped mm-hmm. doing the segment, was because COVID hit, and we right. you just don't, you can't recreate that by doing and it on And I, the phone. I, uh... Before, I know we've, you know, we, you've been very kind talking about me a little bit here, but before, you know, I don't want to get too sappy or whatever, but um, I remember the first time when I came on with you, I had just started on the beat, and it was something involving a legal issue with Carlton Bragg, and you asked me <laughs> to come on your show. What a fitting way for it to start. Right. You asked me to come on your show, so I remember making like eight pages of notes, and that sounds like a lot of notes, but keep in mind, I was writing in like gigantic prints or like gigantic text so I, I didn't screw anything up or forget anything and I had them laid out at a table at the Capitol Journal's old office in Topeka and I remember being so nervous and by the end of that um, I wasn't nervous at all and I realized wow I enjoyed that that was a lot of fun I like going on with that guy and that's part of why I decided to come on for Fridays for an hour with you for like three and a half years because you have like an absolutely uncanny ability to make 
your guests feel comfortable and uh, engaged. And I think that that's definitely what you're going to bring to the next level in addition to your, you know, wild creativity and your great sense of humor. So I think, you know, it's, it's sad to see you go, but I think you're going to be nearby. And I think um, everybody here is for sure rooting for you. I appreciate you saying that, man. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it was dude. definitely the highlight of my week every Friday. Yeah, dude, an hour. You gave us an hour. That's but that's it was a lot fun. of I mean, time, it, man. It was fun. I, I would not have done it if it was not well because I knew we weren't going to have to talk. You know, I knew we weren't going to have to talk KU football or basketball for now. And a lot of times it was like we would have to. We'd have to like we would start talking KU at four o'clock, and then we'd just be like, okay, can we get to the next thing? Which some weeks was. Is the other thing we've completely just not even mentioned here was that your other bit, your side bit, was not having had eaten any food. Which is weird if you look at me. You'd be like, <laughs> wow, he's eaten all of the foods. I disagree. Have you lost weight? I'm by working on it. I, you look good. He Thank has you. lost. You look good. He's being humble. He's lost a ton of weight. Yeah, I was about just to say, bit. you look really good, man. Um, so. Well, it doesn't matter to our listeners who have never seen right. you at your worst yeah. or at your Take best. Take their word so, for it. So, yeah, just – so you had never – I don't even know how this came about. We were talking about sushi one day. He'd never eaten sushi, so what do we do? Next week, go out, get a thing of sushi. Uh, what else was there? Oysters? Oysters, disgusting. The worst thing on earth. Disgusting. I tried an oyster for the first time maybe two weeks ago, and it was at a nice but restaurant. But you just had – you just tried just, an oyster? I never had one. It was – it, it was, like, really expensive, so I was like, I need to eat this even if I don't like it. And I tried, like, one whatever yeah. you would call the increment that you eat, and it was an horrible. Oyster. It was the worst Just thing one. ever. It was <laughs> the worst oyster. thing in the history of the world. I thought you I thought you guys blew your nose into a seashell and, and pranked me because that's how that tasted. That's how that looked. The texture was the worst part oh boy. Um, of many, many worst parts. All right, we're going to steal a Jesse segment here. Kiss, Mary kill oysters uh what do we what else did we do we did the sushi no and then the chicken gizzards did you eat a chicken gizzard i did i believe i did this um, is made infinitely so better by I, taking place at a restaurant i just want to point yeah, out i like that i also would like to say i'd also like to thank you for saying kiss mary kill to someone who has dropped an f-bomb on your airwaves before yeah yes. the only guest and and do you remember who the the person was who evoked it who evoked it? Was yeah, it you? Who was speaking about someone? I, I know you do. Do you remember? Was who? it? I, re- I don't remember it the, was the not conversation. Me. It was not me. Mm-hmm. I have not done that. Was it me? No. no. It was. It was uh, a very famous bald celebrity. Vin Diesel. No, basketball dad. <laughs> Bas- uh, Lavar Ball. Yeah. Yes. Who I yes. have like one of the two people that I have as <laughs> muted terms on my Twitter. I was so fired up about that, and I, I need to be careful because I don't want to get fired up. It was such a trivial thing. I know. It was such a stupid such a discussion. Such a stupid thing for you I to probably, get so upset about. Do you know the best part? As That's just someone, on brand for me. As someone listening, I hear you guys talking, and then it stops, and then Nick goes, Derek, did we get that? Did we get that? And Derek goes, I, I think so. I think we're okay. And I was like, yeah. what is happening? And then Matt obviously explained to me what happened. I Very felt funny. so terrible. What did you say? Like, he needs to shut the bleep no, up or something? No, no, because that, that's like you're building like, up to that word. It was just a casual thing. Like You've talked to me off the air. You know how these things happen. <laughs> yeah. They just slip out. Yeah. It was an adjective. It they was definitely it was just an adjective. like, whoops. Wasn't yeah. expecting that one. Yeah. No, that's fair. Who among us? Um, yeah, man. Those were those were fun. And 
I don't. I meant the eating the food and just putting you in putting you in positions you are uncomfortable in. But you, you for somebody who like almost and I don't mean this as a slight for somebody who almost like exudes uncomfortability at times. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Accurate. You would put yourself actively in positions to be uncomfortable publicly. To put yourself yeah. in a position to do a movie review, to talk about things that you never watched, to eat foods that you knew you would find disgusting. But every time we pitched something, he never said no. Oh, uh, you want to eat oysters next week? That sounds disgusting, but okay. Yeah. You know? You sure. never said no. And you you were always a proponent of content. And we loved that because that's what we were about. Mr. And content. you would always put yourself out there. For the sake of content, so we thank yeah. you for that. Well, thank you. It was it was fun. It was always fun, and uh, it's weird not it's weird not having that. It's weird not being in the uh, actual industry anymore. But uh, you know, I I follow you guys. I'm rooting for you guys, and I think it's it's definitely going to lead to great things for everyone involved. So, thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate that. I've always appreciated uh, What is there a score update? It's 5-2-2. Two, 5-2 two. Two, heading to the bottom of the ninth. Right, Rose have three out. outs to try to come back. All right, there you go. And if you like baseball updates, there's plenty more where that came from. Your new host of Rock Shock Sports Talk <laughs> starting tomorrow at 3 o'clock, Derek Johnson. You're not going to want to miss that show. Uh, Scott, you're still around, so yeah, barely. I, I just you have an announcement to make. Are you I, done too? No, no, I don't. Okay. No announcements. I was like, my head was scrambled watching Derek try and signal the score from like two feet away from you and just flashing right, hand too. signs and numbers. Uh, no, I think anyone who knows Derek knows he's going to be absolutely amazing. And when he's had to do the show because Nick goes on vacation again and again and again and again. That's my favorite bit, by the way. My favorite <laughs> narrative. Did you guys see this? Some some guy on Twitter, he said, uh, hey, we're going to miss you, man. Listened uh, with my son every morning. And I said, oh, well, uh, that's going to pay off when your son gets accepted into an Ivy League school. <laughs> and he said his most common comment when tuning on to uh, 101.7 was, is Nick on vacation again? <laughs> well, I don't even know who started this narrative, but it did not ever leave me for five years well i look the the nick derrick interaction it's weird to see your names when i'm looking at both of you but uh the the interaction that i think best defines uh rock chalk sports uh sports talk for like literally my lifetime in this area was the uh the day derrick came in upset about rock chalk uh sports truck trivia what was the rcst trivia trivia. thank you i was just i was stumbling through it couldn't think of it um Derek was mad, and at first you dismissed him. You were like, no big deal, whatever. And by the end of the segment, you were so angry that you were, like, screaming into the mic and challenging people to fist fights. And I was just like, "What? Like I, that interaction will be missed so much. It was just a... Uh, it was a beautiful thing that came I remember that. I told him that day. I, I told him, and I said this to him so many times. He'd come in and be huffing and puffing and just... And he's like, I know he's like waiting for me to say like, what's wrong? And just slamming stuff down and sit down at the computer and just type it back. I'd say, okay, what is it? And I knew always it was him being mad about something online. It was just mad online. Some guy, this guy is tweeting at me and he's like, oh, you know what? I'm just done. He's just like, I'm just done with this. I'm just like all done. And I'm like, what happened? He said, some guy 
thought that he got cheated out of trivia and he's doing this and that. And I was just like, who cares, man? I don't, who cares? He's eliminated. Let him, like, it's gone. It's over. He's a loser. And by the time we got on air, and I'm sitting there and he's cooled down. Yeah. By the time we got on air, I start thinking about it. And I'm like, you know what? On second thought, this guy is a loser. Let me tell you how I feel about him. And I would just sort of overtake his emotions and say, oh, I'll give you the pass. Let me handle it from here. So there were a lot of those uh, weird little impromptu moments, but those were always fun, man. Those were the times we would hit the break. We would hit the commercial and be like, oh, that was good. <laughs> yeah. We didn't do that often, like, but th- we, that was one of them. Derek was just doing math. I assume it was how many days total Matt's radio appearances were on the show. I'm impressed that I was able to get that from a calculator. It was like six and a half days of your life. Uh, we're spent going on Nick's show, so I don't know. I think that's good. That's not bad. That's good, right? No, that's very good. Yeah. That's very good. should that's be so- higher. You wish it were higher. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's nothing I wish more than being back in the in the news industry and <laughs> all that comes with that. So. It was a worthwhile week uh, spent, and then as someone who listens, I am a, about a week behind right now, but I listen to your podcast, like, literally, granted, on two times speed every time. Like, it, I had the thought the other day. I was like, I wonder, like, how many, like, miles hours time whatever that i've just been like listening to rock chalk sports talk and that i i feel like radio in a lot of places it's like either a choice of this or that or you hate this guy but you tolerate him because he's annoying and x y and z like especially like you think about philly radio not to like besmirch a city but it's like just saying the most ridiculous angry thing at all time and i feel like people actually have such a relationship uh with rock chalk sports talk even if you're a listener even if you've just interacted with the show on Twitter, I mean, you guys could speak to that. I feel like people feel like they know you, care about you, you're their friend. And, I mean, the number of time that after I started, people came up to me and were like, hey, you're Scott from Rock Chalk Sports Talk specifically. Mm-hmm. I think that speaks to the way that people talk yeah. about Rock Chalk I mean, Sports I mean, I had – this probably – I mean, I had way more people recognize me from the movie review segment than I ever did as a writer for the Capitol <laughs> Journal, which probably speaks to why I'm not writing anymore oh, for the on, Capitol Journal. But um, it does say a lot also about the reach that you I think he unplugged me. I think he unplugged me, too, so oh, okay. I don't think he unplugged any of us. Derek's trying his damnedest to, uh, to get a... Th- fourth mic on here but Derek could sense compliments coming and immediately just freaked out about yeah, it. Yeah he's like let's pull this off the air we're out of 530 yeah. today. The, the amount of people by the way Matt brought up the movie review who, who knew me from feuding with Matt yeah, who I am yeah. friends with on the radio as a guy I heard a lot about my that writing. Too. I heard a lot about that too they would be like because you know you, there's people who listen but like they don't listen every day yeah. they just tune in and they'll hear a day or two in a row and then they won't tune in again for a week and people would say, like, who are the two guys who are just, like, always arguing? And it sounds like one of them is older than the other. And yeah. One of them is more serious. The other one's just, like, a clown making jokes. Yeah, and, and who are we referring to, right? Yeah, it's it's who, to nobody know. knows. But I heard that stuff so much was just, like, who is this guy that's doing this thing? And I was like, oh, that's Scott and Matt. And they're like, yeah, it's kind of funny. Well, thanks for inviting that, even though Matt actually hurt my feelings probably 25 times in the course of doing that. Um, I do think I got him back on several. Wow! Jeez, Can you what believe thin you did skin! That? <laughs> you can't take that's anything one. you hear that's on one. the radio seriously. I know. Don't ever be offended by anything uh-huh. you hear on the radio. Check that mic out. See if it works. 
We may have a fourth guest with us, or a third guest. Can you hear me? We, we can, can hear you! Hey! There he is. Matt Tate has been sitting here uh, laughing along Just with us. Just enjoying it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's Rolling his eyes and fuming for the last 30 minutes. <laughs> Get these guys off air. Yeah, mostly when Scott just kept going on and on and on. I'm like, oh, my God. Let's let Matt talk a little bit more. This guy's, this guy's the one people want to see. Uh, He's the trivia. I'm sorry, the movie guy. Are you yeah. retired from radio, by the way? Oh, uh, yeah, probably. Man. Probably. Because we had talked briefly, this is before I knew I was leaving, but we had talked briefly about finding a way, and then you were, like, open to it, but then without even ever broaching yeah. the subject with you again, I sat there and I realized, wait a minute, he's taking a real job. <laughs> so, like, he's not just yeah. going to be able to duck out an hour early every day and come <laughs> spend an hour in the studio with us. Which is what I did today. Which but is exactly I, what I, but see, But see, so. I did it because I worked through lunch. <laughs> So if I'm a little grumpy, that's probably why. No, I, I, I grabbed a, a power bar. Um, no, I will tell you that, that that is, I have received the green light to do things like that from my employer. So that would not be a hurdle. It would just be more of a logistical thing. But I enjoy it. It's it's fun. This is not why I wanted Don't to. Don't talk to me about it. I'm gone. Well, I'm just saying, this is, I mean, this is not why I desperately wanted to get out of the industry with the fire of 10,000 suns. That, that was, you know. <laughs> A few other reasons. Do you miss but, it? Yeah. Uh, do I miss what? Do you miss being in sports journalism? The Royals, by the way, lost 5-2. to two, so. <laughs> Other people Breaking doing news. my job. It's my last day, and I it's have other perfect. people who aren't even it's in the perfect. industry anymore now doing my job for me. Do I, do I miss being in sports journalism? Uh, no. On the whole, no. Aspects of it, sure. But uh, no. I mean, I have... I'm waking up at 6.50 every morning. I am having a giant thermos of coffee. Wow. I am working. I'm taking the 30-minute commute to and from Topeka. And uh, even with all of those obstacles, because I have never, ever, ever, ever been a morning person, I am enjoying it, and it's going better than I could have ever imagined. So I'm happy about that. I'm not looking at that as... I'm looking at that as, like, a blast, a time that I will always, you know, cherish and remember, but... Anyway, it's it's not uh, it's not something that I look at and be like, ah. Is that how like this, our but... parents remember like the '70s when they were doing acid? When they and... could go. Yeah. I thought you were gonna like, say like it was a time yeah. in my life that I loved, but you yeah. know, I'm not looking back. I have right. a family That's now. Great though. What what a great thing to hear, Matt. I'm thrilled for you, man. Thank uh, you, man. I no. I don't know that you ever knew this, but I was incredibly jealous of the movie wheel. Nick knows. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime I would come in and do my segment in the studio, I would see that wheel, and I told him one day, "I want a wheel, man." Yeah. I don't know what we can put on it. <laughs> you got to think about you got to you got to think about your own bit. What's your bit going to be? I'm just me, man. I never yeah. got a wheel. Maybe yeah. Derek can work that out for me. <laughs> yeah, that's up to it's Derek. It's a commitment. Because the wheel is a commitment, and you you delivered. It was born organically. Right. That was the best right. part. Is it wasn't forced. Let's give him this thing. It was just like something we stumbled upon. Beautiful. Beautiful. But we only stumbled upon it because you were so open about how few movies you had seen. Well, and if Matt is giving it up, David McCormick, wherever you are, we know you like <laughs> Dude, movies. NIL? NIL. <laughs> Honestly. He, he has to be listening right how, now. I'm glad you, be, you said it because he's definitely listening. Would you be honored or furious? Honored. honored. Absolutely if honored. He, if he carried yes, on I will movie pass review? that. I will reach up and I will pass that baton to David McCormick. Reach up. <laughs> what if it That's only goes to... To future basketball players, and it was started with you, and then from uh -huh. there on out, it was just like all Americans, and 
future Hall of Famers. Right in, I think. And they all they all mention Matt in their induction speech. It would have to still be Matt Galloway's movie review with David yes. McCormick, though. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yes. You can sponsor it. Your new workplace can be the the company that pays for it, that pays him nil. Just run it by him. Yeah. I'm sure it's fine. Oh yeah. No, we're I'm talking sure about it on the air that. now. Yeah. Can we get an oral history of how you found the intro music for the movie review segment? I don't even think it's that interesting because I probably. Oh, oh, you mean the really bad flute playing the 21st yes. century? Oh, YouTube probably. <laughs> In the early days of doing this show, I, because I didn't have a full-time producer, it was just me, so Derek would come in, you know, he'd, work, he'd be working part-time, doing a couple days as producer, we had another guy coming in a few days as producer, so I was in early having to do a lot of the production stuff that I would just sort of hand over to them in the afternoons and be like, okay, put this in the system, I want to play it. But I, there was, like, at the time, there was just, like, this funny video that was going around. This is before, like, you found videos on Instagram it was, or Facebook. It was just you found videos by being on YouTube. Uh-huh. And I found a video of, and it was just titled, Horrible <laughs> Flute Player Does 21st Century Fox Theme Song. <laughs> and it, we, we found that, and then I found another one that was of like a French horn, and another one that was of a saxophone. And so I said, this is it. This is our movie review intro because it is a makeshift put-together movie review done by a wheel that we spin every week. And near the tail end of that era, we were rigging it on an almost regular basis. <laughs> get good is that movies. allowed? I think that's against the law. Uh, we did it anyway. We I, don't did know, it anyway. I don't know radio law. And, uh, yeah, so there's not that interesting of a story behind it, but it was it was the perfect touch. It was the perfect touch for that bit. That'll be one of the ones that will live in infamy, the movie review bit. So you need to be doing whatever you can to keep him on, put the full court press on to keep him on to do the movie reviews. Well, that's what's cool, too, about today, right? Like, it's about you and, and sending you off properly, and everybody said a lot of nice things, and, and I tried to say some yesterday, so I won't say any today. But, Thank you. But um, what's cool, and I think what's the biggest testament to you, is, like, look who's here, right? Like, everybody you have throughout the week, came today and and yeah. i think that's fun to see it's it's it speaks a lot about you but it's fun to see because i'm sure these guys can relate but like man it, i go on tuesdays and if something happened on tuesday at like seven that was big ku news that made me so mad because <laughs> then i knew like damn Everybody it whoever's else. wednesday whoever's <laughs> thursday they're gonna get a shot at it by next tuesday they're not gonna talk about it anymore i might get a, like a two minute what'd you think not that we care right and, um but at the same time like if something happened monday i was like couldn't sleep monday night because i was like i get the first crack at this thing let's go and yeah. so you know it, it, like that's what's cool about this whole community i mean it was it's always fun to listen to everybody that went on and and, and a lot of times you asked the same types of things because it's only one hey, thing. Hey, Seahawk, right? man. Thanks for coming by, bud. It's, it's, it's KU basketball, and they only have five players on the court, and they only play so many games. But, like, you always asked it differently to Matt, to me, to Scott, to Jesse, whatever. And I thought that was always the coolest thing. So it was worth listening to, for me, someone who lives it and their livelihood is this. But you, you still listen because you're like, I wonder what 
Jesse's take is or Matt's take is or whatever. So yeah. anyway, that's what's cool about today. Like it, it's definitely you know, hey, send off Nick. Good luck. We're we're rooting for you. All that stuff. But like this is the whole thing. Like this is what Derek's got now. It's his deal and and what Brian had before. And this is just a, an awesome community of of people who, you know, we compete at times, but man good dudes that get along and love what we do and work hard for for lawrence really right mm-hmm. like and, and that's that's yeah. one of the coolest things so I, I i just sit here and am enjoying that all day i've been watching that and it's just been fun to see everybody together yeah I, you know i had a bit i had a we were going to do a let's rank stuff my last let's rank stuff <laughs> to end the show but honestly over the past two hours we've kind of talked about everything that I was, it was going to be uh, five things I'll miss, five things I won't miss. Oh. I don't think we've gotten to all the won't miss things. I think we've definitely gotten to a lot of the the will miss, but you know, RCST trivia, the bits, um, all the bits. I mean, gosh, there's so many that we did that we would do and then forget about for two months, and then somebody would say, "Hey, why are, when are you bringing back this one thing?" You're canceled. I when you, when you're you bring canceled. back, you're canceled. I was drunk to that. audio. We brought. We had drunk a segment audio. for "You're Canceled" before the cancel culture thing had jumped the shark, where we were trying to cancel things before anybody else would. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of a, a. It was a makeshift bit, but it was funny because all I did was scream. About the most mundane things that I would cancel cheese or porta potties, like Baby Yoda. That's Following right. the rules was was definitely canceled one <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> um, but that was all. All that stuff was fun, you know. Yes, hijinks. I always tried to listen. Oh, so I man. Can hear we had to I give that up. On. We had to give that up because people were caught on. People My knew. biggest regret. Oh, yeah. I was gonna organize. Um, What's it called? Whatever you call us, like us hijinks to mess with you. Yeah, and I was gonna like text people, and be like, "Okay, today you have to like drop a philosophy quote or like mention Socrates three times." They the toughest, so the toughest one was that I was so prideful that I was like, because Derek would make me do it. He'd be like, "Don't forget to do it. Don't forget to do it." And I'm like, man, I really don't want to do this, but I'm not going to be a coward. Oh, I'll never forget. So, I don't know what it was, but I'll never forget the first time I was like. Why are we talking so much about tennis? <laughs> yes. What is this? It was I was so it was, confused. It, was at, it, was, it goes, make three of your questions r- have to include Billie Jean King or something there like was, that. There was. And That's I was exactly like, dude, right. I was like, I, I three? Think I said, Gerald Vick is the Billie Jean King of Kansas basketball. <laughs> yeah, I think and that's what And then you were like, what? Yeah. Like, it almost, that was, Scott, that was almost, like, yeah. I almost yeah. reversed it on him. I had but. to do poetry. I had to do analogies that made no sense. I remember <laughs> I got somebody on, I think it was Kevin Flaherty, when I, I compared Mitch Lightfoot playing at the five to making potato salad in the kitchen while your grandma's watching Lord of the Rings yeah. in the living room. Something Bang. like that. And I was like, this doesn't really make much sense, does it? Who was the one you got when you had to eat, like, a bag of chips while you were talking I thought that was Matt. <laughs> yeah, no, that was me. Oh, that was you. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that I was, I was, I was like. And in, in the studio. <laughs> yeah. In still was a mouthful of croutons. I was like, wow, this guy has <laughs> totally given. I, I thought you had totally checked out of your job. I was like, it was a mouthful this is of croutons. I, had to go, I, went to the, I went to the break room, got a handful of croutons. Yeah. I shove them in my mouth. And I. <laughs> and he just sits there, kind of like gives a weird look and answers the question. You know, you didn't. What am I supposed to do? Call you a freak? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you, you could have dropped an F bomb again. I could have stolen some of your che- uh, your um, 
Cheez-Its or croutons or whatever you were eating. But, you know, that was the whole bit was just, like, making you guys uncomfortable. But that was what was great about it is that we had somehow fostered, and my computer's going to die, I don't need it, um, we had fostered this environment that made that okay to where we could just make these guys uncomfortable and it would still make for good radio, which, you know, if we didn't, it was always like talking to our friends, like all you guys. We had known you for so long and we knew that, you know, going back to feeling like you had to ask the same questions to everybody. At first it felt like that, but then when you get to know the people you're talking to, I'm like, I'm not going to ask the question yeah, the man. same way to you I am to Scott. Yeah, I'm not going to ask the same way to Jesse that I am to Matt. Like, it was never going to be like that because I knew how to get you guys, or I thought I knew how to get you guys at your best and ask the questions that were specific to you. And, you know, uh, who am I to say if we actually did that? But that was what was so fun. But being able to do the guest hijinks, like how many shows can do that? Right. How many shows anywhere, anywhere can do that where they bring these guys on and then you're just, they're taking time out of their day to come on your show and what you're giving them in response Total disrespect. It's just disrespect. <laughs> is let me mess with him and see if I can get him to say anything. And nobody ever did. Nobody. You guys are all the nicest people in the world because nobody was ever like, okay, what is this? Yeah. I think it's right? mostly because I forgot about the bit every week. So I'd be like, <laughs> I, I would not immediately be like, oh, this is guest hijinks. I'd be like, a demon is taking over Nick and causing him to speak Mandarin halfway into this interview. Yeah, there were a few. Uh, there were a few uh, Shakespearean ones. I had to use a Shakespeare line. I that was the brutal. one who got me on. I, I don't remember. All I remember. It's funny. I remember where I was and how I felt. I don't remember what the bit was. How they say I that, felt. But that, I like they that. say that about trauma, right? Like you remember where you were, how it felt, but you don't remember. And it was this. I was sitting in the driveway of my parents' home, waiting to go in and see them for something. So I was like, I'll do this in the car. And I don't remember what it was. I think I could be totally wrong about this. But I think at the end of the interview, you were like, all right, Scott, 24-7 Sports, thanks for coming on. I love you. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and I was just so caught up. I was like, oh, oh I just had to, all I had to say was I love you. I'm pretty sure that, that was it was something like that. Or like it, maybe it was more drawn out. But I, That's yeah. fair. That's trauma. I'll give you that for sure. <laughs> it was and no, I remember that because... You said, okay, th okay, man. And, I was, and then I was like, you know, that was part of the bit, was that I have to say love you, and if the person doesn't say I love you back, you have to press them on it. <laughs> so then I think I was like, you got anything else to say? <laughs> and I don't think you gave in. I don't think good, you gave I can't in because you're probably it was, uncomfortable. It was long ago. If, hey, if you can't do a Let's Rank stuff. I thought you were going to say. Yeah, I was actually, like, sign me up, even though we all know who number one is. Well, right, we do. We all know who number one is. Right, guys? But the thing is, <laughs> Let's Rank stuff is commonly reserved for Thursday afternoons. Mm. There will be a Rock Chalk Sports Talk tomorrow. I won't mm. be hosting, uh, unfortunately, drat. other obligations. But, Derek, I, mean, I think that would be out. a great way for Derek to start his tenure off as RCST host by just pulling the Band-Aid off. Let everybody know who your favorites are. No, no, no. Who your least favorites. Yours. Are. He goes. Here's yeah. what I know behind <laughs> here's the scenes. What, here's here's the Nick's stuff list. That Nick was saying behind closed doors. That could be good. I yeah, think. I think Derek's first bit should be burn that bridge, <laughs> and he just picks a name out of a hat and anybody in, related to KU, and he burns that bridge. I, I, I got to burn that bridge. That that's so good. But you could have that beyond KU so far. Like one week, 
like if for Derek, it's just burning alternative forms of employment that could be viable <laughs> down the line. So he just calls like a recruiter for Google one time and is yeah. like, yeah, use Bing, hangs up, things yeah. like that. Just it keeps burning. Well, through. yeah, just get uh, national writers, guests that maybe you'd want to have one on. Did you even hear the bit? Oh, propose the bit. He's looking for well, new bits. He's stay- no, he's taking over a new show. Come Your on, he needs ideas. Your first bit should be burn that bridge where you have a, a bunch of names <laughs> of people that have come on as guests before, and you just pull a name every week, and you decide to interview them and find out if you can burn that bridge. That'd be the ultimate egomaniac move, right? Because then soon it would just be all Derek all the time, yeah. only him talking. That would That is a bit on cocaine. That's what that is. Yeah, every man. week it's like, okay, six yeah. weeks in a row. <laughs> got uh, six people who blocked my number. Yeah. A lot of those could have been useful <laughs> later on in my career. What would happen is you would you would be left with one name in the hat, and it would be Brian Haney, and you'd keep pulling it, but he would never, he'd be he's so nice, he would keep Just every week. Constant not, fire hose. You would not be able to burn that bridge. Thank God. It's, yeah, it's too bad get, you feel that way. That's great. He goes to his parents. They're done. Out of the will. <laughs> You're done, kid. You burned it. I love it. That's good, Matt. You're, you've still got it, my friend. Thank you. We need to keep you around. Well, he needs to keep you around. We need to get you back into back into sports. Back into sports? Yeah. I haven't watched a second of sports. Since. You haven't watched? No, I'm sports? joking. I watched the <laughs> Islanders. Every game the Islanders played in the in the Stanley Cup. Any playoffs. NBA finals? Um, I've well, the one game yesterday. No, I NBA had playoffs. an early bedtime. <laughs> they start too late. They I gotta do. be up at six. Oh my god, you you used to be a night owl. I know. Well, times change. People grow. Wow. Up. Good for you. Thanks. <laughs> Can I, for you. What? I mean that sincerely. No, no, you do, but it's great. Uh, can I hard pivot on something to put it right back on Nick for a second? Because your shirt is amazing. Um, Thank it you. has a bunch of KU players with ampersands, too. Um, you know, if you know that style. Rafe LaFriends. Good radio. Yeah, I'm so pissed. <laughs> I, I don't know why you're upset. Rafe LaFriends. I, I've never name mentioned more by anyone until I started regularly listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk, and it's how I learned about the player I believe is your favorite yeah. Jayhawk of all time. I was like wondering, commonly just commonly yeah. left out of all conversations about the greatest Jayhawks of all time, despite everything that points to the contrary. I just thought of, I mean, we had the the segment. You, and you had two weeks to get well, hold him on. on this I'm damn just going to say, yeah, I was just going to say, we had the segment at the start of the show. You said you would feel worse if KU made a bowl game than if they won the national championship in basketball. Yeah. But where would Rafe LaFrance coming on the show if rank among that? If you get Rafe LaFrance on the show ever, I'll burn the building to the ground. <laughs> yeah, I that's will burn too, the station to the ground. It. I'm telling you right now, he <laughs> won't do it. You know that yeah. because you've tried to get him for interviews? Uh, I haven't, but I just, I know, I've heard. That he just sits back and likes to be a recluse. He runs a farm dude, in Iowa, right? Yeah, right? like he's not going to do it. So you can put that out there. Dude, I'm not kidding. You will I burn it down. Like, no, there was part of me that thought, like, Derek will get, like, he booked Rafe LaFrance. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, what a oh, disappointment no. this yeah, is. Huge, what do we got, like 12 huge, minutes? Oh, disappointment. God. That's got the way. Chasing if you wanted to make me cry, Jason that's how you got it. leading off tomorrow's show. <laughs> dude. Oh, my, I will drive my big. 2015 Buick Regal right through that studio wall. So, for that, people who don't know. Good radio. Be great radio. You're for, welcome. For people who don't know about the greatness of Rafe LaFrance, yeah. can you share a Rafe LaFrance story of that just best encapsulates why you were enamored with him? Uh, first KU game I ever attended would have been in the 1997 season i want to say so i was sitting in the only place that could be considered bad seats in allen Fieldhouse, which are 
second level corner. Second level corner, kind of like right below where the media overflow is. Because it's the only place where the seat, your seating, at least it did at the time, the seats got smaller. And it was really crowded in there. And it was the first game I ever went to. And I remember seeing Rafe LaFrance go off. Like, and it was the it was the first thing I'd ever seen. I was like, this is what Kansas basketball is, is this guy. And I fell in love with Kansas basketball that day because of Rafe LaFrance. And it's so funny because when we think back to that era, so many people go to Paul Pierce and even to a second extent, Jacques Vaughn, because at the time, Jacques Vaughn was kind of being treated as, rightfully so, one of the greatest point guards, maybe the greatest point guard to ever play for KU. There had been so many great big guys, but Jacques, this is before Sharon, this is before Frank, he was kind of thought of as that guy. And for people who were fans in the 90s, they thought of Jacques as that guy. But watching Rafe, back-to-back years, I mean, go, boy, back-to-back Big 12 Player of the Year, back-to-back first-team All-Americans. That's never happened. That's never happened since. Like, he is one of the most he's, – he's probably the most accomplished KU player in my life. I mean, if, if Ray LaFrance – and you can speak to this, Matt. If that team won a title in 97, he would be thought of the same way Danny Manning is yeah, thought Yeah, I of. think that's probably fair. I mean, it, he was unbelievable and unstoppable, like truly unstoppable. Um, probably ahead like of a, his time. He was like, like an 18 and 12 guy. Yeah, I mean, a little bit ahead of his time because he could handle it a little bit. I mean, he wasn't like a point forward, but but he moved better than a big man, right? Yeah, and, and the knee injuries in the NBA sort of derailed the legacy, too. For sure. He, yeah, right. He goes to Derek and I's team. I'm just like, I'm a Nuggets fan my whole life, and then Rafe goes there. I'm like, this is great. No, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> at all. Uh, but it worked out. Yeah, yeah. He, he he made a decent career for himself by shooting three pointers and pulling Shaq away from the basket. Mm-hmm. So well, um, that's a good story, though. I like to yeah. hear that. I mean, I knew that was your guy, but that that makes a lot of sense, man. How many how many kids out there have that same story, right? Like yeah. this is the reason this guy's my favorite. Because I've tried my to first find game. I've tried to find a Rafe jersey. I have I have a Paul Pierce with one of those Nike stitch Paul Pierce jerseys. Um, was able to collect one of those, but like I'm not even kidding, you can't get a Rafe LaFrance Kansas jersey. So if there's anybody out there listening, name your price. <laughs> Scott's got like a pay. bag here. Maybe there's one in there. I don't. I know. know. Is this a, this is a present for me? Uh no. I just carry all my things around in a bag. Okay. With wrapping do paper. I say that's my final my piece or do I open the present first? Okay, a hundred. That's a hundred and sixty-five dollars. Looks a little worn out, doesn't it? It's <laughs> pretty good. Money. All right. Sure. Let's table that for now. Um, it's a it's a small present, so if okay. you're gonna open it, don't do it as the grand finale. Listen, last okay, time, yeah, okay. Last okay, time I'll you were it. looking for like online shopping was when you were looking for a fish for your wall on our yeah, on I our have, basketball friends I, thing. I, I so still I, haven't. I don't believe that Rafe LaFrance jersey is gonna be purchased because I haven't seen that it's, fish. <laughs> it's way down on the list. Okay. Um, all right, uh, we got about eight minutes left, seven minutes left. So I have to say uh, my final piece here, my last time, my last couple minutes here hosting RCST. Uh, it's been joy of a lifetime. It has been so much fun. Man, I started here as an intern in 2012, right after KU had went to the Final Four. Brian Haney was still working here, and I uh, you know, I didn't even know really that I was going to do sports radio, but uh, talking about KU seemed like a pretty cool gig. So he did the show, uh, immediately left for Texas Tech, uh, took over under the new guy, was able to intern, uh, became the producer, the co-host. Uh, he was let go. 
I was sort of thrust into this. I told the story earlier. My first show, they came in at 2.15 on a Tuesday and said, hey, you're hosting. We just fired the other guy. I go, okay, got 45 minutes to put together a three-hour show, and that was pretty daunting. And it was pretty daunting for the first month or so, me by myself doing three hours of radio. Like, no producer, no co-host, no nothing. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. And honestly, seven and a half years later, I still don't know if I ever figured out what we were doing. But um, I know we had uh, a hell of a lot of fun. It was such a good time, man. Like I said this uh, a couple Fridays ago when I made the announcement that uh, if you would have told me as a kid that I was going to get to talk about KU basketball and get paid to do it and go to KU, like, dude, dream come true. Are you kidding me, dude? Are you kidding me? And it's become more than that because I fell in love with radio. Like, while doing this, I fell in love with the art of radio and and trying to come up with creative content and doing it every day. It's a grind. I know there's so podcasting is great and it's huge and it's op, uh, opening up so many opportunities for so many people and I love that. But doing radio is a different animal. It is three hours, five days a week. You can't save all your best stuff and for it's not one hour a week. It's, it is 15 hours of content a week and it and it. It causes you to become creative, even if you don't feel like being creative. You can't mail it in because the only person that is going to suffer is you. I mean, this is advice for you, like, and you know this, but, you know, that's the pressure every single day is nobody's going to answer to your failures except for you. Like, if you get embarrassed because you were underprepared and you didn't have anything and you were rambling that segment, it's on you. That's everybody listening, thinking about you and, and that's the kind of stuff that pushes you to, to be more creative. And I felt like we were. I felt like we tried so much. And I'll put that against anyone, anywhere. I don't care what market. I don't care how many people you had on your show, how many resources you had. I don't care how many seemingly primetime guests you had, ESPN that, former head coach this, current athlete. I don't care. Nobody, I don't think anybody tried as hard as we did to put creative content on the air because we did it's what we did every single day we tried to do something creative and innovative and something that our audience would like and i'm gonna miss speaking to that niche audience because that's what it is and you guys all know that it is a niche audience it is not a they like this this and this no we're speaking to ku fans man and that was great in terms of speaking to an audience that's what Rock Chalk Sports Talk was all about, and I'll miss the hell out of that. And, uh, you know, I, uh, man, Checks the I, clock. Put this, I put this stuff, I put this part off to the very end. I feel like I'm back at late night. Uh, I tried to wait as long as freaking possible to get to this. Um, I'm going to... Uh, you know, miss uh, the friendships, man. With all you guys, like, that was all great. And getting to talk to you every week and how selfless everybody was with their time, that meant so much to me because nobody ever had to do that. You guys never had to do that, but you all did. And I never took that for granted. I never took that for granted. And getting to work with you, Derek, joy of my life, man. Because we did not always see eye to eye, but we fit pretty well. Because 
you know, I was sort of creative and wild and all over the place and unorganized, but I just sort of knew what I wanted it to sound like, and I would just sort of come to you with this jumbled mess and be like, here, make this work. And you did because you were organized and you had everything figured out and you were kind of the, all the things that I wasn't. And uh, I thought it worked. I hope it worked. Um, but I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it a lot. I've been in that studio, a part of that show, for over seven years. And now I'm going to go do something that is completely different. But the intimacy of doing a radio show where you just sort of lay it all out there and you have to just you let the listeners get to know you you get to know your guests your guests get to know you it's all just such an interpersonal intimate sort of platform and that is why I'm emotional because you get attached to that you get very attached to that and you get attached to the people that you work with and uh all that's coming to an end, like right now, and that's why it's tough. It's bittersweet. I'm happy for what I'm about to go do, but uh, I'm going to miss the hell out of this. So thank you to all you guys, not just for today, but for everything you guys have done. Derek, same to you. i got to get the hell off this radio station because <laughs> this is not as uh, smooth as I was hoping the final couple minutes would be, but it is what it is. It's real. It's real. Cheers to you, man. Both Cheers. You. Nick, yeah, we luck. love you. For sure. Good luck moving forward. Thanks, Derek. That's very, uh, that's exactly, exactly how I wanted to end the show. With two quick sentences, let's get the hell off the air. Okay, I'm going to go drink a beer. To all the listeners, thank you so much. I don't know if any of this has been helpful over the past five years, but if you listen to one segment or all of them, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And if you like this show, you won't believe what's about to happen once they get my ass out of that studio, which is happening right now. Thank you so much. So long. Signing off for the last time. For Derek Johnson, Scott Chase, and Matt Tate, Matt Galloway, Brian Haney, David Lawrence, Jesse Newell, Craig Hershiser, everybody that I'm missing, I'm sorry. Uh, thank you, and goodbye. <laughs>